I'm going through a drugs You don't even have to do too much You can turn me on with just a touch Yes, get in again, 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 and again. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> lads, lads. Three wins out of three this week. Nine points out of nine. Fifteen points out of fifteen. Five on the bounce. Couldn't really get any better, could it? At the minute, would it? What do you reckon, lads? Does? No, I can't get any better. Uh... Maybe I'd say maybe a win uh, against Villa in a week's time uh, might make it even better again. But yeah, uh, no, no, we're we're flying it at, at the moment, and we, we didn't have uh, make it difficult for ourselves. But we'll get into that. Certainly will. Pete, how are you, mate? Did you enjoy the, the game today? I know about enjoy. Um, the, the, the old tick is not 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 in a good way. But uh, I tell you what, I am buzzing right now. Um, toast to everyone in the chat. Hope you're all well. Um, this is for us. We're back in business. We're in. We're in the race. We're, we're heading the race for Champions League football, and uh, I, I'm loving every second of it. I think we all are at the minute, aren't we? We just want this season to end now and finish exactly where we are, don't we? But let's get into it. Brentford match day reaction. So two o'clock came about, and the lineup uh, was released, uh, and there was two changes to the start eleven. Um, there was uh, Wilson dropped out for Alexander Isak, who was recalled, and also Joe Willett came in for Alassane Maxman, who was not in the match day squad full stop. Uh, obviously, was a few shocks there. We got a post on Instagram uh, a little bit before kickoff saying, I will be back at his space hub there as well. So he must be just having a trip to the moon and back. But, uh, Daz, what were your thoughts on the lineup when you saw the two changes? Yeah, I suppose the, the big shock was, was no ASM because like he 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 deserved his place in, in uh, the team from from his outing the last day, um, and yeah, we I wasn't too surprised that that Isaac came in for for, for Wilson, um, because Isaac's on fire uh, as well as Wilson, so uh, it, it it is good to 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 bounce them off each other, uh, each other as well. But uh, no, the only the only big one was was ASM, and yeah, that that picture I I thought he was he is he uh, gone to Mars with uh, Elon Musk or something like that. It did look like a SpaceX kind of style thing that was going on there. But um, where is that? What is that? I don't know. I think it's one of that, that capsule thing he goes in for when he's doing his re- rehabilitation, isn't it? You remember he's, he's done it before. You remember when there was all that uh, yes. Twitter breakout and everyone kicking off because he had his trainers on in this hub or whatever and was just meant to be relaxing and taking the place. I just think it's that. But... The oxygen tank. So, yeah, I guess the obviously to help with his uh, recovery on his uh, on his hamstring issue. Yeah, so so where I wonder where is he? You remember he, he went back to France for that before, didn't he as well? well I don't know. He'll be in France. It's only down yeah. the road from London. <laughs> well, see, he's, he's halfway there for where he's anyway, Pete. So. Yeah. 
There you go. <laughs> so, Pete, what, what do you make of the two changes to the starting lineup? Um, absolutely gutted uh, at seeing Alice at Maximin um, not in the squad. Obviously, it's an injury. House confirmed it's going to be two weeks. So, looking at maybe the, the Spurs game, we'll be back for now, um, which is disappointing because, as Daz quite rightly said, he's been in fantastic form. The Isaac thing. Um, I, I expected Isaac to come in. I think he deserved it, if I'm honest with you. Um, he, he didn't really deserve to be kind of put on the bench against West Ham, but Callum Wilson was fantastic. It was only right that Isaac came back into the team um, as the guy that who, who's been the man, really, recently. Uh, and so, yeah, didn't have any, any corners with that or the rest of the team. It was just a case of what we could do on the pitch. Yeah, I totally agree. Now... As we're going to get into this this game, we, we all know, and if anyone who might, might not have actually seen the game live, uh, it was pretty much a, a, a game of what the, that old saying of two halves, wasn't it? Now, okay. we stuck against West Ham before, obviously, we, we took that uh, lead through Wilson. You know, West Ham were pretty much on top of us for that first moment. Now, unfortunately, the, the Newcastle didn't learn against against Brentford. And unfortunately, that's, it, it seemed to happen for 45 minutes. Today, um, so look, we'll, we'll get into it. And obviously, the first main talking point in the first half was on the eighth minute. Uh, Ivan Tony, you know, he scored against Newcastle back at St James's Park. Um, there's a flick on header from the ball in from the left hand side. Uh, Port makes a fantastic save, and sure enough, Tony's there on the rebound. Nobody near him. He lifts the ball over Portland in the goal. Uh, I know from what our chat was going, everyone was a bit good because obviously we'd started really slow and stuff like that. But then we got that, you know, that the fantastic little VAR. So now bear in mind, we had a few VARs here. This was the only one that was a good VAR. We got that lovely screenshot that said, check and goal, possible <laughs> offside. Sure enough, you know, it went on and on and on. And to be fair, I don't know why it took this long, lads, if I'm honest, because... We could see clear as day when you actually looked along the line, even there without the lines. You could pl- clearly see that Tony, the way he's angled his run, he's offside. So why it took that long to get to the decision that it came to, I don't know. But, you know, the right decision was announced and it was given as offside for the goal. However, we still didn't learn. After 16 minutes, Janssen went off with an injury for Brentford. Which was a good talk because he's he's a he's a, he's a fantastic centre half, uh, Jansen as well. Um, so you know, you thought that was something that you know our attacking three could possibly take advantage of. It didn't happen, and sure enough, twelve minutes after that substitution, um, what's it? Chardy wasn't it the the the, the lad yeah. from uh, Brentford, wasn't he? And to be fair, he, he he had a fantastic game for especially the first half where he had our uh, back four, especially Shaw. Botman and Bird, he was just random ragged. He just every single time he saw he knocked the ball past, uh, he was gone. Um, but unfortunately, he got past Shaw on the on the sideline, on the left hand sideline, cut in. He played a, it's one of those balls where he, it's it's tempting to go for, which is what happened with Botman. It was just an, you know just enough where you think is it too close to the defender or not? But because he was so quick, he was able to get that touch in just before Botman, and obviously Botman flew in. Uh, <laughs> it's probably one of the the, the the worst things he's done it since he's been in Newcastle. Obviously, he obviously thought he was going to get it, but then just made an absolute hash of it, and unfortunately gets a booking for it. And it's a penalty. And going off our chat in the WhatsApp, everyone's going off oh, pe- penalty. Tony and you know he scored a penalty at St James, and it was going to be a repeat. Of this 
And then all of a sudden, Tory takes his penalty. Nick Pope, the fantastic Nick Pope. Nick Pope will get trending again. We'll get tune poles on the case again, like we we did uh, earlier on in the season. Guesses the right way. Fantastic save. Um, and you know, he was straight into his hands. To be fair, it's probably one of the worst penalties you're going to see all season. Daz, what did you make of it? I was absolutely delighted for, for Nick Pope. And uh, you've heard me talking about my little boy the last day, but uh, he's, he's gone mad into goalkeepers since uh, the the uh, the World Cup. But uh, he, he every time we're out playing football now, it's Nick Pope, I want to be Nick Pope, and I want to be Nick Pope. Popey, Popey, Popey. But yeah, great to see Nick Pope make, make that save. And, and Tony, once Tony was stepping up to a penalty, he doesn't miss. And it was just like... Yes, it's because I had thoughts of the, the last time we played them and uh, uh, he scored a penalty uh, that time as well. And so has, has Pope learned from this? Has he learned nothing from, the, from this? But maybe he's, he's going to outsmart him today. And he did. A fair play to, to Pope. And I know you still haven't even got to that first half, but apart from Pope in that first half, that was all. That's the only one that played well in that first half. Uh, with a great save from Pope. Uh, yeah. Lighter firm. Yeah. Pete, what, did you, what did you make of it? Did you, did you think it was a penalty for a start? I think that's quite clear cut, really. But obviously, get your thoughts on that, and then obviously the save. Yeah, yeah it has to be a penalty. Has to be. Um, I think you made a good point, Richie, and I think you're right. Is that Botman almost feels like he can get there, and he accelerates, and then realizes actually I can't get there because Shardy, Shardy is faster than I thought, and he kind of just stops. And Shardy kind of, kind of, they, they kind of collide. So he's not literally gone into him. They've just collided. But when you're in the box, you're asking you're asking for a penalty to be given. So no qualms about that. The one thing I'll say is that that was Ivan Tony's first penalty that he's ever missed. Um, equally, if you watch Ivan Tony's penalties, they're never really great. They're just put the opposite side to where the keeper goes because he keeps an eye on the keeper. But he just had something a little bit different about him. If you watch it back, he just kind of... He doesn't look confident in himself. Um, Pope's a big guy. He's an imposing guy in the goal compared to other goalkeepers. And all it took was Pope going the right way to, to make the save and, and, and fair play to him. It, does, it looks like a poor penalty, but actually, if you see some of the penalties that he does score, a lot of them are like that. They're just the opposite side, so it looks a good penalty because he sent them the wrong way. But uh, I'll be honest with you, I was shocked. When I saw it, I was just like, I was straight in the chat, saved, saved, <laughs> because I, I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. I like Lee was here. We were, I'm not, uh, Lee was around and we were watching the game together and he was like, we were just like hands on the head, couldn't believe it, thinking like we got away with one here. Yeah, well, um, to be fair, sorry, go on, Daz. No, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, no, carry on, carry on. No bother. So, obviously, we in that, in that same move, obviously, we said that Bot made the challenge. It was a penalty. He was given a yellow card. Uh, right decision yellow card there was a few hums and haws I've seen about was it you know was it a goal scored opportunity should it have been a red and stuff for me Bukin Daz what was this Richie Botman's yellow card it was a, I've seen a few people mention you know, was it a goal scoring opportunity it's obviously from the uh, Brentford yeah. side of things was yeah, it a no. goal scored opportunity was it a red uh, or was no, it a good, no, for me no. it was yeah, yeah, yellow's enough. No, no. Um, I think I, I, I didn't. I even missed him getting the card. I was so frustrated with the fucking penalty. So uh, I didn't. I didn't even notice the card. He didn't even need to get booked. He didn't even need to get booked. In my opinion, why did he even get booked? The punishment's enough that you got given a penalty yeah. against you. Why were you even getting booked in that situation? I thought they were stopping that situation where where players were getting doubly punished, like yeah, double jeopardy, for example. Yeah, they were trying to stop that. So that's kind of like 
you know, why are you doubling the punishment? Yes, if you look back, it, it, it collides with him. It's a penalty. Fine. Don't book the guy. It's yeah. not like you cleaned him out, two-footed tackle, and then meant yeah. to pull him down. It wasn't one of them. I just, forget that. I think it's, look, we're just lucky that Botman's barely got a card this season, but I just think that's poor. Mm-hmm. But, but it, it, look, it will go on to a further conversation about VAR and the referees uh, later on in the show. Yeah, sure enough. So, 30th minute, that was the penalty saved. We're still in the game, nil-nil. Haven't played well at all in that first 30 minutes. And you think, have Newcastle learned? And guess what? It's still not half-time yet and Newcastle <clears throat> haven't learned. Now, this is obviously a talking point. Obviously, the ball came in from the uh, the left-hand side, sorry, the right hand, our right-hand side this time. Um, and Rico Henry's made a run from the centre of the 18-yard box and he's come to the front post. And Isak's obviously got his eyes on the ball, tried to play the ball to clear it. Um, and as you can see on this pick, for me, he, he barely makes any touch on this. Uh, obviously, Rico Henry gets to the ball first and it goes to that. The the thing, obviously, you know, nothing was given on, on the field. We all thought, you know, great, nothing's in it, stuff like that. But obviously, the longer and longer it goes on and the longer that you see that they're checking for a possible penalty for the foul, you start to question what is uh, on earth is going on. Now, obviously, we know that it comes back with decision. Now, obviously, it was a penalty. Um, it's There's been a few hums and haws around this, and there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter about this at all today. Um, and obviously, Alan Shearer turned around and says, look, it's, it's not clear and obvious. And for me, you know, if you look at the replay, obviously, we haven't been able to download it because obviously for copyright and stuff like that. But when you actually, for me, when you see the it from behind the goal, it looks obviously, you can see the contact, um, which isn't deliberate. It's not high eye. That's only like around his, his waist. Um, but Rico Henry seems to take a step, then go down. So it, it, for me, he made the most of it. Um, Daz, what did, what did you make of it? No penalty whatsoever. The first one was a definite penalty. Um, except that totally, totally. And, and when you when you see it live, you know straight away. Really. This one, no way. Uh, and the, I think there was there was a few tweets going around as well, going back and the um, situations where feet were well higher, about twice as high as that. It's, it's, it's funny you've got that. You, you must you must have seen the pics I've uploaded, no, Daz. You must have no, seen it because this I is last week. Twitter. This is yeah, last week in my it's my night before as well. Back when um, Sean Longstaff, I think, was involved in one. Of yeah, the, that was. Uh, I think uh, that was Burnley, wasn't it? Um, and uh, a couple of yeah, seasons not, ago, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, during the, the lockdown season. But you know, you, you look at that one there, and that that is his foot's in a dangerous position. Obviously, Fernandez, <laughs> uh, it's right next to his head, um, and nothing's given. But then, obviously, Pete, what did you make of it? Because for me, this is not a penalty all day long. There's no clear and obvious error. There's no maliciousness in it. He's just obviously got his eyes on the ball. Yeah, is it, is it a clever run by Rico Henry? Yes, it probably is. Um, but for me, it's not clear and obvious to to overturn it and give a penalty. But, but what did you make of it? Obviously, say because I think you were a few minutes ahead of us. But uh, when obviously you were watching all our uh, streams this afternoon, but what did you make of it? Yeah, thank Lee for the fact that I was uh, ahead of the stream. He had a super stream, um, which was like literally, it was only like three seconds behind lifetime. It was unbelievable. Uh, the Sky um, connection, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was. It was the French connection that, that sorted him out. Good film. But, um, Good film. Yeah, 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 very true. Um, look, it's a disgrace. It's a disgrace. It's not a penalty for me. 
it's not a penalty. And you, I'm so glad that you, you had the picture of the Shaw situation because that is a penalty. How can you give that as a penalty but not that on the screen right there? That was a blatant penalty. You know what? That wasn't even looked at. It wasn't even looked at by VAR. You, so you can get kicked in the face now and not be given a, a penalty, but you can get caught on the side. And it wasn't even about the run. It was, it, from Rico Henry, it was the reaction. All he did is react to the fact that, it, that contact had been made and he tried to force a penalty. But it goes back to the point, and so many in the chat said it, so many on social media said it, is that the ref was itching to give another decision today. He was itching. Right from minute one, we weren't, we weren't given a fair crack at this game at all, uh, from, you know, from, from a referee standpoint. Um, and it, it was never a penalty, never, ever a penalty. You can see the ball coming over. He's got his eye on the ball, eye on the ball, and he goes to win yeah. the ball genuinely, and he catches the player. He didn't, catch, he didn't catch him up here. He catches him at the side, and he barely even touches him. And he falls to the ground. And look, I'm not going to have a go at Rico Henry for that. Rika Henry's trying to win a penalty. Look, we've we played football before. Like, if we're in that position, we're going to go down too. And I get that. But the referee should be smart enough to see. And he even had a look back at the, at the monitor before making that decision. So it's not like he can make a decision in real time and just go with it, go with his gut. He's had an opportunity to look back on various different angles and see the fact that Isaac's looking at the ball and not intentionally trying to make contact and he's going there to win the ball. And actually, the contact isn't great. It's not massive. He's not cleared him out. It's not a Botman situation. He's cleared him out. It's a penalty. As Daz said, this is a different situation. And it just, it just, you know what? Just, it's, it's just another, another one to the list of, disgraceful decisions by referees and VAR that have gone against Newcastle United in the last two years. And look, um, um, Ivar, um, Ivar Savar is put in the chat, I'm sick of this, and I'm sick of it too, and I'm sure you boys are. Yeah. Yeah, I know exactly where you're coming from on that one. <laughs> now, obviously... Agree. No penalty. <laughs> no yes, fucking penalty. No penalty. No penalty. Right. Now, obviously, our good friend Chris isn't isn't well. Chris, obviously, we think we'll get well soon. Chris like always likes to play devil's advocate here, doesn't he? And we all we, we all that's how he is. If the boot was on the other foot and it was one of our players that had made that run and had been obviously foul like that, would you have wanted a penalty for Newcastle? Or would it have penalty. been a penalty for Newcastle? Penalty. <laughs> No, uh, no. Look, if you you would you would feel that you 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 got very lucky if you got a penalty for that, really. Yeah, like they well, you, well, you would if you're a Newcastle fan because we had one last week and didn't get one. So yeah. you would feel lucky if you got one <laughs> if you're a Newcastle <laughs> fan. So yeah, that's the argument right there um, for me. Yeah. So unfortunately, I've said that the, the decision was a penalty uh, after going to check the VAR. Uh, and uh, upstepped Ivan Tory for uh, pen number two, and unfortunately this time Pope fantastic dived the same way again. However, Ivan Tory got a little bit of under the ball a little bit and was able to lift it over. Uh, Pope unfortunately wasn't able to get it because he's obviously gone down low rather than to the middle of the goal, uh, and it was one 0 literally on the stroke of half time. Uh, and as as we said, lads, it was uh, you know one nil half time. Was that probably one of the, the, the 
the worst 45 minutes Newcastle have played this season, Daz. Yes. What did I put in the chat? And I know you weren't really you were you sit away from the chat, Richie, because I know we're all at different time zones when I, when it comes to our streams. I think I was just slightly behind uh, Pete, but um, I said bring on Gordon and bring on Wilson and go two up up top. But uh, yeah, no, it was definitely definitely our. Um, Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're dire in that first half. It's like it was like watching a totally different team to where we finished up the other night against West Ham. Um, but it's three games in, in, in the space of a, a week, so it, you can understand that. And and we never talked as well about the, the Bruno situation at the very start because there was a question mark over whether Bruno was, was going to... Um, uh, start because he got, took some kind of a knock uh, before, right before kickoff, and uh, we were we were doubting whether he would actually play. Uh, I know it came up on my stream; they mentioned it uh, um, in in the commentary. But uh, he, he, we will get into it. But he didn't look himself, especially that first half. Kath Kelly, uh, uh, um, Stephen Kelly, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah, that's it. Um, from the the chronicle mentioned that he, hmm. he I think it's sort of about he went to strike the ball in, in the warm up and and kind of like pulled up and and went down for a little bit, um, and then got back up, um, and they weren't sure whether he was going to come out. He did come out, um, he was not. Uh, to be fair, Martin put it in the chat as well. Like he, he did not look, he did not look right in the first half. Um, uh, not that he didn't do well when he got the ball. Thought he played, he thought he was excellent on the ball. But he wasn't his dynamic self. Like yeah. we've seen in the last three games, how good he can be when he's hundred percent fit. He wasn't today, right? No, he said, what, "Sorry, does we said something?" No, no, sorry, no. I just agree with Pete. Yeah, no, he definitely wasn't himself. So as we said, it was a game of two halves, and I've, I have got some breaking news for you, lads. Actually, um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll put the breaking news up as we all say. Everyone wants to know what went on in the dressing room at halftime. Well, I can tell you. It was <laughs> an Eddie Howe masterclass. So, halftime came uh, and we made two changes. Um, and as as Daz predicted in the chat, what did he Call say, Ellie. Daz? What did he say again? Go on, I Daz. Said, we'll... Eddie, sort it out. Bring on Gordon. Bring on Wilson. And uh, go two up top. I, 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 had, I had Murphy to bring down. I didn't know who else to bring out, take off uh, as well as Murphy. But uh, that's why I left that bit off. <laughs> yeah. My, my message. So, obviously, the, the other person who was, went off was Sean Longstaff. Daz, I'll come to you first. Um, what did you make of the changes? And do you think Jacob Murphy and Sean Longstaff were a bit unlucky to be taken off? No, because anybody could have been taken off apart from Pope uh, in, in that first half. They, they were all because no one performed the first half. So um, look, some of them then got the chance to redeem themselves in the second half. Because even when I look back at my ratings, uh, the, the Murphy and Lancaster are down low because they, they didn't get the chance, the opportunity to to to, to pull it back in, in that second second half. But uh, no, it was it was the right call. Uh, we needed we need to go for it. Even even to get a draw, uh, we we need to go for it at that stage. Uh, we don't want to be losing to, to Brentford and. and trying to get into that top four so um yeah it, it was it was the right thing to do and fair play to, to eddie howe for, for going down that route and and, and going for it early not leaving it till 60 minutes he went for it straight away and the team responded yeah i think this is this is one of the things isn't it that you see from other um what other fan bases are critical the managers that they always tend to leave it to 65 70 minutes before making the change whereas eddie howe is brave enough to make a decision whenever he needs to make it and Pete, obviously, you saw those two changes there. Um, 
how did you feel when those changes was the right change for the time? Or do you think that obviously Murphy and Longstaff were unlucky? Um, or as Daz said, any of them could have been took off what we all thought on the two changes? No, they were the two poorest players for me uh, and, and rightly taken off. Um, you boys know how much I've got, we all have raved about uh, Jacob Murphy recently. He's been he's been excellent. He's been such he's been the difference coming into this team. But he, he didn't look right today. He wasn't at it today, um, like normal. Um, and Sean Longstaff looked tired. He looked tired. He's played a lot of football recently, and he plays the full allocation of time. He very rarely gets taken off, but he he looked tired and needed. A, it, you know, it was it was almost saving him by giving him a rest. But we also needed to change tactic. And um, we looked at it, me, myself and Martin looked at it in away days. And, and the one thing we looked at at the tactics board is the way in which Brentford set up. We very rarely now, in any football, at any high level, play against two strikers. Uh, and we did today. And I think we really struggled with that as a defensive partnership. Um, and so what we wanted to do with them playing three at the back is, is go... Right, okay, you're going to play three at the back, we'll play two strikers on you and we'll, and we'll push you back. Um, so, exactly the right decision. Uh, anyhow, this is what Anyhow does. He's not just a good coach, he's a good tactician as well. He makes tactical decisions that are best for this team, whether it's in game, whether it's before game, or whether it's after game in preparation for the next game. This is what Eddie Howe's all about, is the full package. Um, and it was a, um, a fantastic um, piece of um, uh, kind of piece of tactician um, by moving players around, bringing on Wilson, bringing on Gordon, um, and effectively saying to the boys, you better go for this in the second half. And boy, did we get a reaction. You're right. As, as you just said there, um, Pete, we had to go for it. Obviously, you know, we, we see if you look at Man United one earlier on the day, um, I believe it was 1-1 with Tottenham at Brighton at half-time. Obviously, we don't know whether they, you know, in the dressing room, whether they look at what's going on or the results at the time and stuff, but it it was a big, a big result today. Uh, and we we, knew, we talked about that beforehand, you know, uh, before the game, that there was a lot riding on this because it, it, it's a very pivotal thing. We, we discussed it the other week when we were going through the fixtures of all you know the, the people who were competing for the top four. And we mentioned that the Brentford and Villa games were two tricky away games. And true enough, first half, you, you know, we, we would we backed up what we'd said. But obviously, second half came out. We came out the blocks. Um, the, there seemed to be some fantastic little link-up play between Wilson and Isak. Potentially not on the final ball, but for me, that's probably because they haven't really played a lot of minutes together since they've you know both been fit in the club at the same time. So, you know, you've still got to get on the same wavelength. You know, it's, it's really been either or that they've been on the pitch so uh, but sure enough you know that that pressure within nine minutes in the 54th minute big joe stepped up uh fantastic uh you know run down the uh the right hand side uh, and he, he got past the defender really well and uh as you can see he uh, got down tried to put the uh, ball in the box i think it looks as though he was going for wilson um, and he megged rear and rear unfortunately put the ball his own own uh goal Obviously, we'll give Big Joe the goal uh, because obviously we don't like to see own goals on this show. So, Joe Linton, uh, obviously, Daz, I know you've got you've got to have the the Joe Linton. Big seven. Joe's getting that goal. No way we're yeah. giving it to the keeper. Yeah, Big Joe. So, Daz, what did you make? What did you make of the goal? <clears throat> Fantastic move. 
Oh, it's a class move. Um, yeah, great, great solo move, really, uh, by Joe Linton. He, he did a nice little dummy on the defender, and then just uh, he just whacked it across the goal and in off the keeper's leg. Uh, fair play to him. Uh, brought us back into the game. Um, a bit of relief from being one 0 down to back into it so early into, into that second half and then we, we, then we realised oh we, we've got two up front here we, we're going for this now we might concede another but we're going to score more goals here uh, so it, it's just about because you've nearly fallen asleep in that first half but yeah it was about to get interesting at that point yeah Pete what, what did you make of the of, of the move and the goal um, I thought it was a, a fantastic piece of skill by Joe Linton. Um, I think it was Ben Mee that left left for dead in that in that corner of the pitch. And uh, look, but even before the goal, the way we started the second half, we looked like we meant business. We we controlled possession. We were forcing them back. We were putting pressure on them in def- in defensive areas. Something we weren't doing in the first half at all. Um, so for me, I'm not saying the goal was coming, but creating those type of moments was coming and great piece of work from Joe Linton. Um, look, I, I don't care whether it came off rare, whether it came off Joe Linton's backside or little toe, big toe. Um, I, I don't care. As long as it back in the net and it did. Um, it was, it, it was a goal that was perfectly timed. And, and I was up celebrating and going mad. And, and, and to be fair, I turned to Lee and Lee, Lee said to me, he was like, you boys are going to go for the win now. And, uh, yeah, takes us on nicely to the next sections. It was, so, as we said, back back level. Uh, and it, we just we didn't take our foot off the gas as all, did we? We were absolutely phenomenal. And, you know, we could have scored several. And it was it, it, the interesting point is why I brought up the link-up play between Wilson and Isak was because, sh- sure enough, commentator curse came back to bite them, obviously benefiting Newcastle because... Um, Wilson cut in from the from the right, just outside the 80-yard box, and um, he laid a fantastic ball, lovely weighted pass straight to Alexander Isak, who from 18 yards out, centre of the goal, curled it top right-hand bins, couldn't have placed it much better. And then sure enough, Newcastle, um, a 2-1 lead, Alexander Isak on fire at the minute, um, and uh, running off to the, the far corner to celebrate his goal with the fans. Now, Daz, what what did you make of the move and in the in the Isak's finish? Absolutely sensational. Oh, it was, and it was very unselfish from Callum Wilson as well. Like you know, we we talk about the the battle they're having about uh, who's who's going to start, who's going to get more goals, but just shows you they can play well t- together as well. They have done in the past as well, and we need it was against Fulham uh, where, where they set each other up as well. And uh, but yeah, absolutely delighted and a great finish from from Isak. Like he must have been thinking as well. Okay, it was my fault as, as such for the for the penalty that that, that they scored from, uh, and yeah, to redeem do, redeem himself, and uh, he was full of life in the second half, and he ran himself ra- ragged, uh, and he was wrecked coming the last ten minutes of the game, uh, exactly. So uh, yeah, but great finish, great goal, two one up. Uh, the dream is still alive at that stage, so uh, all happy. Yeah. Well, I've- we were all buzzing in the WhatsApp chat. I was keeping an eye. I was a bit of what was going on, and then it was yes, I wasn't counting, but you could see the euphoria going through our the loaded bag WhatsApp chat uh, when that that ball went in. But you know, it was a fantastic goal, and it was a, it was fantastic to see the link up play between these two. Uh, and Isak obviously acknowledging uh, the, the 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 assist by Callum Wilson. Pete, 
Um, what did you make about all of it? As I said, it was a sensational finish by Alexander Nisa, but obviously you've got to see the fantastic move and link-up play between these two and what the potentially they could, they could do if they were to be on the pitch together. Um, I, I wasn't surprised by, by the link-up um, because they'd already shown it, as, as we mentioned, against Fulham. Um, they, they can link up together. They're, 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 intelligent, they're intelligent players. But... <sighs> Uh, Callum Wilson was excellent when he came on. His hold-up play, ruffling um, feathers of, of the Brentford defensive line was exactly what we needed. But that's a world-class finish right there. What you saw right there, no other player on the pitch. And look, Tony was fantastic today. Ivan Tony was outstanding. He had a very, very good game. He was a menace to our back, back two. Those centre-backs have not been worked harder than he worked them today for a long time. But he can't do what Isaac did. That's why you pay 63 million. That's why you pay 63 million for a 23-year-old with potential to be one of the best strikers in Europe. He has proven again how good he is. That finish was outstanding. The just everything about it. The ball was the ball was given to him with incredible spin. He uses that spin to generate the bend on the ball into the far corner. Ray is a fucking good goalkeeper. He yeah. couldn't get anywhere near that. Like one touch, bang. Didn't need a touch. Didn't need a touch. <clears throat> fell onto it nicely, bang. And Callum Wilson being on the pitch was a was a huge factor in him scoring that goal. And because um, Callum Wilson was such a menace up there and creating problems, it meant that Isaac could fall a little bit deeper, which is what he did against Fulham. And he allows it allows him to come onto the ball rather than be up there in and around the striker and it, uh, in and around the defence, sorry. And that allows him to hit the ball the way he does. Uh, no keeper saving that. Outstanding. Just a world-class finish from a top, top, top European talent. And um, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing. And, and, and genuinely, at this point, I'm thinking, this is the game. Because at that point, I'm thinking, these boys are switched on now. We are not losing this game. And I just we just needed that moment of magic and he provided it. Outstanding stuff from Isaac. Richie, yeah. can I just put in for a second? Because there's the same, same question twice here. And I just checked out Sky's details here. So Frederick asked about was Joe Linton booked? Did he get a yellow card? And also Les asks says as well. Uh, so um, yeah, so on uh, Sky, no, no, no yellow card for, for Joe Linton. No, I, I have, I've got no Joel Linton yellow card today. The only people I got booked today were Botman and Isak. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Uh, Botman, Isak, and yeah, that's, that's what I have to do. Cool. Carry on. We'll tick, tick that one off them. Got that one right? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I think one of the things that Pete mentions really about the finish, obviously, it was the first time finished by Isak now. We saw that earlier in the season. Miggy scored a similar goal, didn't he, from the right outside the box, left hand. First time curled it to the far corner. I think that what's what what shows about Newcastle and to be able to do that sort of thing is is having confidence through the team. You don't try those sort of things if things aren't going well and there isn't um you know you, you've got that self belief. Sometimes you can try it and you'll end up with a Z or whatever. But the fact that you see us scoring fantastic goals like that in in, the, in a season, it says that there's wonders going on in the dressing room. Um the belief that every single one of them who's on a sh- in the in the squad with them, whether they're you know they're on the bench, that that as we'll see when we get to the the, the team four at the end, once again the, the team's all together and 
obviously that, I think that 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 finish sort of epitomizes all of that when team spirit and confidence is high. You feel like you can do anything, and Isak probably will do it a bit more than other people because obviously we know what of a world class caliber player he is. Um, but we still love a fantastic uh, goal today. Probably going to be one of the goals of the se- uh, season for Newcastle, I would say. Um, but then, look, five minutes later, Pete shouts in the, in the WhatsApp chat, 3-1, Wilson. <laughs> and that, that's it. We can't believe it. Wilson is off. And then we're all, in the, we're all jeering and chat, chanting and, and you know, <clears throat> celebrating. We're like, oh, couldn't get any better. And then, oh, there we go. That what's going on now? And then, sure enough, the dreaded possible handball. And I don't know what you lads thought. Obviously, you know, we were always told that if it was arm clear, obviously, if it was your shirt above, it wasn't classed as a handball. If it was below the, 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 the sleeve line, obviously, it was handball. For me, I thought it hit him on his shoulder, on his shirt. So, for me, that wasn't a handball. Um, Daz, what did you think? Did you think you know it was what, handball or not? You know what I thought, Richie? I thought, pause for one second. There's 352 people in, in watching us live. Make sure you hit that like button. And make sure if you're, you're new to, to Loaded, hit that subscribe button as well. Uh, it really helps us and pushes us up the algorithms as well. And then it helps us, helps us grow and get, get our, our shows out to more and more people. Uh, but to answer your question, Richie. Uh, so, yeah, no. That wasn't a handball. I, I, uh, it, it, it just hit him. Hit him on the, the sleeve, on the badge, or whatever of the the, uh, the shirt. It, it wasn't. Uh, wasn't a handball at, at all. It wasn't uh, that, that part of his arm. And um, I was I was shocked that it was that it did, didn't stand. Um, but. Uh, and go to it as well because you know then then we can relax and we can start to enjoy the rest of the game. But no, we're we're on the edge of our seats for the rest of the game then and uh, in panic mode because yeah after that actually the, I know we'll get into it but they they turned it up a bit then and put us under a bit of pressure and Pope came to the rescue a few times. But uh, yeah no so definitely definitely should the goal should have stood and Wilson would have deserved it as well. Yeah, he was fantastic when he came on a day. Pete, what what was your thing? We like aligned with what me and Daz were saying that it was very harsh against uh, Callum Wilson. Yeah, we shouldn't bring him in. He should never have gone to VAR. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with it. He's not intentionally gone to to handle the ball. And um, up here, not handball. So don't go to VAR for it. Um, it's clear and obvious errors. It wasn't a clear and obvious error. VAR again have gone and looked for a decision to make because they wanted to make a decision. And that is why it wasn't given. So as soon as VAR had the VAR check, I knew it wasn't going to be given, because we'd had history in this game that we weren't going to get the decisions that we should have got. So um, they were fighting against us, fighting against the elements uh, we were today. And um, yeah, uh, I thought it was really harsh, because I thought it was a really nicely well-worked goal, nice little finish from... From Wilson would have took him joint top scorer with uh, Miguel Miron, and rightly so. Um, and yeah, I thought he was really, really unlucky um, not not to have that goal um, put on his record. But like I say, we were fighting the elements all um, all the game today, all game. I think the, the, what for me, and obviously we've we've talked about VAR a lot this season. Obviously, we've had Keith Hackett on the show uh, several times this season to go over. Um, VAR and you know 
how the incumbents of it aren't delivered it, you know, correctly, and there's you know there's no consistency between it. Now, I think one of the things that has to be looked at full stop is this off offensive handball, because if that had been the defender that had had it, you wouldn't get a penalty for that, because obviously the ball's down by his side to start with, uh, it, it's not you know, like a, it's not clear, and obviously hasn't put ball a hand, he hasn't, you know, he's literally hit his, his shoulder. We've seen it, he hits the you know the sleeve of his shirt. Um, and because obviously you benefit from a goal, he gets penalised for that. So for me, I think that, and I probably, I think you, you lads would be in green. That's definitely a rule that needs to be looked at over the summer. That that rule. Yeah. <sighs> definitely, Richie. Um, but uh, all I care about now is the nine games and, and us getting as many points as possible <laughs> to get us into the top four. Daz, they can sort, sort the rules out after that. I don't care. I I, I agree with Daz. I'm just like, you know what? The only thing I care about now is the last nine games for Newcastle United. But equally, in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't want us to be screwed over by some of these shite decisions later on in these next nine games that could potentially cost us a place in the Champions League. Like, it, it winds me up. Because, look, we've had this conversation before, guys. That we said, oh, you know, certain decisions that haven't gone our way, our way last season or the season before, oh, yeah, they'll correct it in the summer, they'll correct it in the summer. This shit's still, st- still happening. They've had seasons upon seasons to correct this stuff, and it's still happening. Nothing's changed. And I'm just like, why is this continuing to happen? Like, they just rock up on a Saturday or a Sunday or whenever we play, whenever the Premier League matches on, and just decide on the day how they're going to referee a game. If they're going to do that, must as well scrap VAR because it's, it's pointless. Just let the referee make the decisions. Because... It's not consistent across the board. We've just touched on the Shaw situation and the Rico Henry situation today. One was given a penalty and one wasn't. But it was the actual opposite, is that Shaw's penalty should have been given and the other one not. And it's just like, why are we continuing to be screwed over by this time and time again? Like It winds me up massively. Um, that they, they, they can't get basic decisions right. The referees had so many times to have a look at the, the monitors and they're still getting decisions wrong. I have to go to my own VAR uh, room here because I want to clarify something here. It's back to, back to the Joe Linton non-yellow card because uh, Charlie reckons that he, he got in the first five minutes, but I remember that the instant now. He did go in, in an attack and there was talk that he, he might have got a yellow card, but not the, the referee uh, did not give him a yellow card at that at that point in time. It was it was a it was a poor enough challenge uh, very early in the game, but no, he didn't get a yellow card at, at that point. So that's the bit that's confusing people. I think, but yeah, Joe Linton definitely know you know yellow card. No problem. Chase to clearing that up, uh, Daz, with your the you've head over the monitor there and clarified it wasn't a yellow card. Uh, but as we saw, it was uh, unfortunately we got the VAR went against us and we didn't get the goal. Now after that, it's it seemed uh, we were still in the game. We had co- co- good control of the ball, but as time went on, obviously Brentford made changes. Um, you know they made Embetter and Webo and Batista came on in the seventy fourth minute, started to change the game a little bit more, and then they went for it again. Jan Elton and Vissa came on, so there was a change of formation. So it was good to see Eddie Howe looked at that and said, right, obviously we can see a change of formation from Brentford there. And he, he reacted as well. Now that's what you like to see of someone, you know, don't just stick to your guns. Um, and he went in the 87th minute, the Cells and Anderson came on. We brought the extra centre defender on just to shut up shop. Um, what's that? 
Yeah, I agree. It's absolutely spot on. If that was a defender and it hit the defender like it hit Callum Wilson, we wouldn't have got penalty for it. Absolutely no. spot on. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what I said. Just, just unless else got, got, got coming on. Martin was absolutely delighted to see that happen. Uh, that stage the game. Just anyone, anyone curious of that? <laughs> yeah, but to, but to be fair, the last time we saw the sellers against Man City, he yeah, was the best player well. on his, on that on that day against uh, Man City. He was fan, fantastic that uh, that day. But uh, obviously that, that that was when he started picked up his booking as well. Uh, there seemed to be a bit of I don't know whether it was just gamesmanship, but shit houseery again, where he looked as he was a bit confused whether he was coming off or not. But the, the referee decided to book him for that. Um, and then just as you know, Brentford piling on the pressure, uh, looking to try and get an equaliser. Uh, so after the, the first two substitutions came on, uh, Gordon made a tactical little foul uh, right on the touchline uh, in the ninety-second minute. And he went over, and then for, I don't know what happened. I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys saw this, but obviously he went. He, he got replaced by Matt Ritchie. Uh, I, I wasn't too sure whether it was something to kill time or had anyone yeah. noticed what the way he fell? Had he got winded or something? Or uh, was it his ankle? He's gonna his ankle. Yeah. I hadn't seen right. that. So yeah. That's what yeah. he's, um, ah. he's. He's not injured. He's not injured. It's fine. But I think he just caught his ankle. Um, Eddie Howe's um, uh, kind of like, like kind of put an end to the discussion because a lot of people were a lot of people particularly in the media were alluding to the fact that um Anthony Gordon was quite animated and, and frustrated by being subbed off obviously being the sub and then subbed off yeah um I, I think he was he let his motions run run wild a little bit and I think that's he, okay though he, that, he, he projected that towards Eddie yeah. Howe and Eddie Howe had to kind of step him down a little bit and say no like this is why we've brought you off. For me, it was clear as day. You bring him off to kind of you bring him off to kind of give the lads a breather for 30 yeah. seconds to allow the team to reorganize. It might add 30 seconds on, but it isn't really 30 seconds. And what it does, it just allows a fresh player to come on to come in that position because how thought he he got an ankle injury. He hadn't, and it was fine. He's, there's no issues there, but that was what it was. And Eddie Howe's kind of cleared that up and he was like, look, Eddie Howe's now had the conversation with Gordon, why he did what he did. And apparently it, it was like pictured with those two and they're all smiles after the games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, but I it, it, all, it also... Sorry, go on, Daz. No, sorry, sorry I, I, see, I hadn't heard uh, Eddie Howe's uh, press conference afterwards, but um, uh, I, I thought it was, it was going to be just a waste of time, but I also don't mind that as well. That he that that he he, he wanted to stay on, like he it shows the passion as well. Okay, maybe may, so. I'm, I'm not I'm not too too uh, fair play to you, Flash. That's what I'm trying to say. Because uh, he, he 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 did well when he came on, and, and he should really did really well track him back at one stage, putting in a good tackle. Um, but yeah, do Richie. Yeah, I was going to say it's, the interesting bit is obviously that there was that little bit going on between those two subs, but there was obviously we were under the cost with Brentford, but we actually had two fantastic chances to actually extend our uh, our, our lead. Where obviously when Wilson was played through, and unfortunately he snatched it and sliced it wide, and then literally straight after the substitutions, uh, they broke again, and the ball was laid off to Ellie Anderson, um, and he just he pretty much just tried to pass it to the far corner and made it really easy save for Ray. It was it'd be nice to have. So I try to put more power behind it and uh, and see if he could have you know rounded off with his first Premier League goal uh, since he was unlucky against uh, Forest. But uh, but sure enough, lads, we held on. Fantastic two-one win at the G Tech Stadium today. Uh, 
look, lads, we, we knew, as we said earlier on, we knew it was going to be a difficult game today. Um, you know, we, we, we played them at St. James, we won 5 1. Yes, I think on that one, that was that result was that game was very, very similar to what West Ham was the other day, where they made the mistakes and we punished them, uh, defensive mistakes, and that's exactly what happened. And do you know what you've got to do? That sometimes you, you don't capitalize on the mistakes and you win games 2 1, 2 0, whatever. You know, that's two games this season where we've been clinical and put them to the swords and if they've made mistakes. And you know, you look at last year, they would we played against them last year with majority uh against 10 men because obviously there was a sending off last year um, I can't remember was it the foul on uh, who was it? it was on Matty Target wasn't it where the stud went through his over his shin pad didn't he, it was yeah, he was, yeah, yeah and it was uh, pretty much played for what 80 minutes with, against 10 men wasn't it so it's, it was always going to be a bit more of a test uh, against uh, you know Brentford who are having a fantastic season fantastic home form as well you know you've had some good results against good teams this year. Obviously, they had a fantastic win earlier in the season against Man United. Uh, a few weeks ago, went there. Uh, the Etihad and beat Man City, so they, they are capable of beating anyone on the day. And that second half, as I said, first half, we had to just put it, you know, draw a line across it, start again half-time. Sure enough, that second half, we saw the, the real Newcastle, the Newcastle that we've seen week in, week out, pretty much for this season. Uh, and we got the win that we we, we thoroughly deserved and we actually needed because obviously, as we found out by the results, Spurs got a two-one uh, victory over Brighton. Man United, I know, I know, we'll get to that a little bit later, Pete. Uh, Man United had won two 0 earlier on in the day as well. But look, we get to see the picture. Yes. We get to see it again, and look fantastic as well. You know, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic to see these pictures we can make. And it's actually interesting to see. Eddie Howe a bit close to the front this time on the left-hand side. Usually you see him right at the back uh, and sure enough, he's on the left-hand side. Uh, I don't know how that was, came about. Uh, but the other interesting thing I saw online today as well uh, was, look, lad, it's great. Yeah. 50, 15 yeah. wins this season. Look it at is. that. Fits in nicely though, Richie. And I really, I'm just I, I looking at those pictures and I'm thinking, I really hope when... When we achieve Champions League football, I want to see Eddie Howe front and centre in the middle of that those pitches uh, because he's always at the back. I want him taking the plaudits uh, if if uh, if that happens. And actually, I, there's something I must clear up because uh, it's a very important question that's come in. And uh, uh, Mr. Stavlin has brought up again saying about the, that they had come up on the graphics about the yellow card for Joe Linton. I think Andy Davis... He's pulling the piss here now because he wants me to clarify if it was a yellow card for, for Big Joe. And Andy, I can confirm, it was no yellow card for Big Joe. So that was the... If, if someone else wants to ask me later on, do so, I'll put it in the chat. But yeah, no yellow card for Big Joe. Back to you, Richie. Yeah. Uh, another interesting picture I saw at the end, and it was, it was literally, you know, they must have had a flight back home because... Uh, Isak was out walking the dogs when he got home tonight, and uh, it was yeah. nice to see with his uh, his puppies there today. Uh, obviously, celebrating his goals against Wolves, Forest, West Ham, and Brentford there. Uh, so look, that guy's on the dog. You're sorry, the dog. 
I hope he gets another dog next week. Hey, he needs yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or a few. He's got small puppies. <laughs> he can have as many as he wants if he keeps bagging them in every week, I tell you. Shout Bye out lads. to Charlie. Shout out to Charlie at Hosper uh, for his super sticker to the channel at 11.99. Thank you very much, Charlie, uh, for your donation to, to the channel. And also, uh, we have a new member as well. Ivor as well uh, became a member uh, on... Uh, YouTube, nice one. And actually, I saw something else uh, as well, and I don't understand it uh, because I don't know how to do it myself. Is that uh, Sean uh, talked about uh, someone has gifted him a membership, and Judy goes on to explain that you you were gifted the membership by Ivor. So, well done, Ivor, in gifting oh. Sean uh, the the membership. Oh. Uh, so well nice done. Gesture. That's a nice touch. I, I didn't know you oh, could no. even do that. So uh, cool. Uh, no. re- nice touch. Nice touch. Um, uh, I was going to say. Welcome back, Jordy Mick. Jordy Mick. He's back. Where's he been? About. I know. Where has he been? Hope you're well uh, yeah. from all of us. Um, thank you for the £2 donation. Um, great six days. Missed you, lads, and we've missed you as well. We've noticed. We we know, we, as boys, we know when when people have not been in the chat because we're like, <clears> you know, <throat> we see the same, the same names and the same faces and we're like, where have they been? We've not seen them for a while. Great to have you back, Jordy, mate. Absolutely spot on. Top man. Yeah, it's, Top. Good, to see the, it's good to see the better story back uh, in, in the chat there. So we'll, we'll <laughs> <say that. laughs> and, breaking, breaking news again. Yes, another. Yeah, so let's go on to next. Another member. <laughs> welcome, Matthew. Well, welcome, welcome. Thanks for, for becoming a member. Make sure you, you're subscribed as well, Matthew, if you haven't been subscribed already. already. Welcome to Load It. Welcome to yeah. the party. Yeah, uh, as, as mentioned earlier, we've got 351 watching live on a Saturday, which is fantastic viewing figures for a Saturday night. Obviously, you know, there's probably a lot of people like Martin who are out on the piss tonight celebrating Newcastle's win. But we're holding the fort for anyone who's not out tonight, who's having a drink in the house. So if you're liking what you see at the minute, you know, give it a subscribe, a like, Subscribe free, get all the notifications free of charge, uh, and you let every single show that we've got lined up on a week week basis, you'll get a notification of so you can tune in with us. Right, Daz's favorite time of the review show. It is ratings time. Yeah. So Daz, Daz. Let's this is where we all fight each other in the chat <laughs> and on screen, and people complain about us on Twitter and everything. This is the best bit. All the action. Let's right. get it on. Let's get it on, right? So do we want to do? Well, we might play it a little bit different this week. Do we oh. rate the players on a whole ninety minutes, or do we rate them on forty-five minutes? Let's play a little twist here. This is what are you doing? Because I do this every week. I rate, give a rating for uh, for the first half and the second half. So I don't mind, Richie. Up to you. Right. Well, I will tell you what. Let's do it on forty-five minutes. However, there is one exclusion, and that is. Mr. Nick Pope, he has to be judged on a full 90 minutes. Everyone, you in agree with that, Pete, as well? Yeah, uh, look, we, <laughs> a lot of low ratings if we're, if we're doing it on the first 45 minutes. That's we what, we that's don't like low ratings on this show, do we? Really, to be fair, come on. <laughs> I know. You know, we, we, even when we give bad ratings, we still get people having to go as far as being too low or too high. We can never be consistent or whatever. So look, We'll rate Nick Pope on a full at the full ninety, and we'll then what we'll do is we'll wipe that first half from Newcastle history and our memories, and we'll just start it. It's, we gave them a one nil head start, and just had a fantastic 40, 45 minutes second half. So, Daz, well, let's start with you, Nick Pope. Well, well 
it's it, it's easy for me for for the first for, uh, for the first half. I give Nick Pope an eight for a full time though. I'll, I'll give him a full time rating as well. A full time, I give him a nine. Uh, and also, Nick Pope is my man of the match uh, today. Uh, there is one outfield player who got close to him, not but not close enough. Uh, but Nick Pope saving a penalty and a great save as well in the 79th match and safe hands right through the, the, the game. So nine for me and man of the match, Obi. Pete, what, what did you make of Nick Pope today? Yeah, 9.5. 9.5 man of the match for me. Um, Nick Pope um, was superb. You know, when you want your keeper to stand up and be counted, he was the guy. Uh, we don't, we haven't really counted on him much recently, but he, we needed him today, and he made some big, big saves. The penalty, the Ivan Tony header in the second half that he pushed away, um, big, big saves, and he organised himself really, really well. Um, come and collected a lot of balls, got rid of a lot of balls into the box because they put a lot of crosses in. Um, yeah. Um, very, very pleased um, that he was on, he was on song today. So yeah, my man in the match, um, nine point five. Well, first the one thing I will do straight away is that because he was my man of the match too. Uh, I thought he was fantastic today. I think you know one reason you should get uh, man of the match full stop anyway and get a high rating because I'll give him a nine today. Uh, if, if you've got to look at that penalty save, we're looking at Ivan Tory. That's his first missed, uh, save penalty. Um, you know what I mean? Nick Pope to stand up and do that. And to be fair, nearly got the second one as well. Um, because obviously, you've, you've got that decision. Well, is he going to go the same way? You know, it's just, it's just as hard for the goalkeeper as it is for the actual striker. What, what's he going to do? Is he going to go through the corner? Is he going to try and, you know, uh, go the same way? And I've got a double bluff sort of thing. So it's a, it's a difficult one to go for. And he, you know, he went the same way again uh, and there was unlucky not to get it. But as Daz mentioned, he made a fantastic save, you know, in the la- just before the last 10 minutes of the game that when that header came in and he not just obviously managed to push it away because obviously if you look at the one in the first half where the goal that was disallowed for uh, Ivan Tony, yes, he pushed it out, but that one went straight to Ivan Tony. Uh, luckily, he was ruled out for offside. This one, you got a fantastic con- uh, contact on it again. And he pushed it away, and it was the you know he managed to push it away in between the the attack and Brentford player that was running in, and the defenders sort of went out and obviously we cleared the danger, and that's what you want. And that's that that's why Nick Pope's in England international, and you know you, you look about the signings what we made in the summer to get Nick Pope in England international for how much we did, you know it's it's absolutely fantastic business by Newcastle, um. It, it, you know, like I hate. We don't. We don't like Jordan Pickford. You know, he had a fantastic game today for Man United. Against Man United today, he was he had a really good game. Possibly could have been man of the match for them. Um, and we don't like saying that about Jordan Pickford. I want to ask you. I want to ask you boys a question. Everyone in the chat. Um, if <laughs> and look, I'd never want this to happen. By the way, but if. Say, for example, Jordan Pickford had been our goalkeeper this season and not Nick Pope. Do you think we'd be sitting on as many clean sheets this season and as many impressive performances that Pope has put in this season? Do you think we would have mirrored what we'd have done right now with Pickford in goal in comparison to Pope? Probably not because no, Pickford, Pickford's a Mackham and he wouldn't let he wouldn't anything that would keep the awards if he just let go. I know, I know that. I'm just obviously. Yeah, yeah and, and, and the, the, the abuse he gets, the, 
the abuse he get from his own fans, like every game, would would, would get into his head. I think, but uh, no, uh, no. But to answer your, answer your question, uh, truthfully, Pete, no, I don't think I don't I don't rate him as as highly as as Nick Pope. So I don't think we would. Uh, he would have done well, but uh, not as well as Nick Pope. This is why I'm asking the question is because, uh, and I'm not asking if, if, if that was that to the case that he, he would be in goal for us because I don't, I, personally, I don't rate him as highly as people in this country do. I don't, I, I just don't see it personally. Um, and, and you're right, Richie, he did have a half decent game today. But I'm just thinking to myself, like, Nick Pope has come from a relegated team in Burnley to Newcastle United and is third in the league with 13 clean sheets and making some fantastic saves that are keeping us in the game at times. I don't believe that Jordan Pickford goes to a team like Newcastle and does exactly the same for his next club that he goes to when he leaves Everton. And that's my big thing. And I'm thinking, Pickford's number one for England. Why is Pope not being considered? Because Pope has everything that you need to have or want in an England goalkeeper. But uh, that's why... I I think the interesting thing is, I think it's... You've got to look at it. It's not just Nick Pope that obviously shows how our defence has been. It's the back. Well, to be fair, our Newcastle defend from the front. It's not just obviously the back four and, and the goalie. But obviously, if you look at that back, that uh, the back four we've got, that back four is head and shoulders. It's the best of Premier League, let alone better than Evans. Yeah. So you look at that and you think, would Pickford do better? Yes, he'd probably do better than uh, what he's doing at Everton. But for, for me, Alan, I think this is this is probably the reason why he's England number one over Pope is the fact that he was at Everton when they were doing better, and obviously the um, and he, Pope was at Burnley, and uh, you know, I don't understand how this hasn't worked out in Pope's favour because he's had to be counted on more times when he was at Burnley to show what a great goalkeeper he is, whereas. Pickford is was never as busy, in my opinion, as what um, Pickford is at Everton. You know, Pope was always a lot more bu- busy. Uh, he kept them in the game. They were defensively quite sound, Burnley, because he had Tarkovsky in there, uh, and you know, and, and me was there as well. Two fantastic centre backs. You know what I mean? And the word hard to break down at times, Burnley. But it's, I think, it's is is it one of those where it's. Everton were more fashionable. Pickford was playing higher up, so you don't really want to have your England national goalkeeper being someone who's a relegation threatened team. And does that play games with them? So I think. So for me, the only reason why I think Pickford's getting picked now over Pope is because he was getting picked earlier, and he hasn't technically done anything wrong for um, for, for Gareth Southgate. Uh, he's you know he's had, he's made penalty saves in shootouts. When needed, he's made some fantastic saves as well. I think it's probably one of those where Pickford gets injured and Pope will take his chance. That's how I think what's going to, we'll have to get Pope the number ones, um, England wise anyway. But interesting question, though, Pete, to be honest. Mm. Yes, breaking news, Daz, was it? Yeah, breaking news there, and a great idea by uh, I think it was Craig, but in the chat just just to get to anyone that keeps asking about Joe Linton, uh, we just clarified Joe Linton did not get a yellow card today, so that's what's scrolling at the bottom of your, of your screen. <laughs> and thank you, Craig, for the for the suggestion. Uh, it's been taken up. Class. So we, we we all put down Nick Pope as man of the match. Uh, let's get to Kieran Trippier. Uh, Daz, what did you make of Tripp's performance today? 
Trips, um, I gave him a six at halftime. At uh, full-time, I gave him a seven. Uh, delivery at times was off. It showed leadership. And yeah, he was, was, he was uh, beckoning to the bench at one stage. I don't know what that was about, but uh, he was shouting over uh one stage. Uh, I gave him a seven. Seven. Um, could have been better. Delivery's going to be better. But yeah, that's where he ended up for me. Pete? Um, for the second half performance uh, in isolation... I gave him an eight, um, not necessarily for what he did on the ball, but his leadership in in navigating us through a very very difficult game in the second half. I thought he was I thought he was excellent in the second half. He used all of his leadership in order to um, keep the defence in line, keep them intact, um, to stop any threat down his side, their left, our right. Um, and I, th- I just thought he used his intelligence really, really well in those situations. It's almost like, for me, that Trippier went into captain's mode. He, he almost went into captain's mode at that point and was like, right, how can I make sure that this team gets over the line? And that's what you need sometimes in big games, big games that matter, that mean something. You need that little bit of something extra. And I just thought he was absolutely spot on. So for me, uh, I gave um, Trippier in a, like I say, in terms of his actual football, his getting forward, his delivery, all that sort of stuff wasn't quite there. But the other things made the difference. And sometimes you need the other things that make the difference rather than your actual football. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, if you, uh, as you mentioned, there was that, like, what was it, Daz that mentioned, there was that, I think it was around about the, the 80 minute mark, there was a bit of confrontation between. Um, obviously the bench and what was going on because I, I remember, I don't know if it was on your commentary as well, he was actually uh, giving directions to the subs off the side of the pitch as well. I don't know whether anyone else heard that in the in, in the, the commentary today about it. So it was obviously trying to organise organize everything on the pitch as he does. Um, and, he, and he led by example, second half, yes, okay. You know, he tried to get forward, he could. Yes, his delivery wasn't there, but he still has that, you know, that, that football and brain. Um, and I think this is one of the things that you look at what he learned from Simeone at Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the sort of thing that Eddie Howe helps tap into as well at the same time. Um, and that, that is that leader on the pitch. Um, and he just he keeps everybody right. Uh, you know, we got all the mistakes out, out of the way in the first half. You know, he kept everyone in check the whole time through. When we went ahead, you know, we not to overcommit and not do silly things. It was a completely different team performance. And, you know, you've got to have someone who's a, that leader who keeps that focus on it. Um, and I thought for that, you know, I, I agree with what Peter's, I would give, I would give Trips a, an eight on that. So uh, all around there, a decent setting off from, from uh, Chips. We'll go on to uh, mm. Fabien Shah now. Daz, what, what did you make of uh, Fab's uh, <laughs> policy? Was it, was it Fab or not Fab? It wasn't fab for me, to tell you the truth. Um, um, with Charm Botman, I gave both of them at six and a half time. But then uh, for the end of the game, uh, my rating, um, uh, okay, I'll stick with Char. Um, I gave him, yeah, Shadar done him for pace once or twice as well. Um, yeah, he lost his man. Uh, I gave him a 6.5, Richie. That's where I went up with Char. Might yeah. be harsh, but. I think if you if you if you go off the the second half, I, I gave him a seven. Um, he looked a lot better than he did in the first half. The first half, you know, for the first penalty when obviously Botman got the yellow card, made the foul on Shardy, uh, it was like I just I don't know. It was 
I, I, I was I was bemused why Shaw was right on the left hand side. Anyway, mm. bear in mind obviously he's right centre centre back. Um, and then I was thinking, did he did he slip? Uh, did he dive in? And I wasn't too sure if I thought, even if when I was looking at the the, the re, obviously the replays and stuff, I couldn't make, see whether he'd slipped or whatever. But he just seemed out of pace, and I, I just think he looked uneasy with uh, that that lad who had the pace up front. He was just so quick, and to be fair, he had the, the run of. Shaw, Botman, and Burn today. Uh, he's probably someone that, or a similar ilk of player that Newcastle could probably have as like your your third option. Is it you know up front if you want someone who's got electric pace to get in behind? It, that's probably you know if you were if you were looking to buy a third you know striker or whatever, someone who's got that sort of pace, that electric pace to get in behind, and because um, we saw what trouble it can, it, you know. It did for the best defence in the Premier League today. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting one. But Pete, what, what did you make of the Fab Shah's performance? Yeah, I gave him a 7.5. Um, I'm, I'm in an agreement with you guys. He wasn't at the races. I actually thought he'd, again, like like Longstaff, he looked really tired. He looked really <clears> leggy today. Um, and, and it really told in his performance. Um, it was okay with the ball. Um, but certainly in defensive areas, he wasn't as quick to react as what he normally is. Um, and so for me, um, you know, he was okay. He, he managed some things very, very well. Um, yeah, but he just wasn't quite at the races that we normally expect him to be. So 7.5, like I said, could quite easily gone seven with you guys, to be honest. But yeah, I just had 7.5 in my mind, so I'll just stick with that. Okay, we'll move on. We sent back partner in Sven Botman. Um, I'd give Sven Botman a seven as well. Uh, I think obviously we, we I know we're not, we're not giving the marks on the on the, uh, the first half, but he obviously did make that uh, the, the error for the penalty. Uh, obviously that didn't have any re- repercussions because Pope saved the penalty. Um, Daz, what, what did you make of Botman's uh, display today? Yeah, well, he did get a good strong challenge in the first uh, part of the the, the game. Um, gave away the pin all then on that stupid challenge. Um, altogether, I gave him the same as Char. I gave him a six point five. Uh, wasn't it wasn't his best uh, of days. Uh, for for further for the best partnership. Uh, in in the the Premier League, it wasn't their best day. Um, so yeah, six point five for me. Pete, what did you give uh, Sven Botman today? I gave Sven Botman the same as Shaw. Um, and the only reason he's got the same as Shaw and not an eight is because of the penalty. Um, that's only the only thing that, that, that's really the difference um, uh, in terms of rating. I actually thought Sven Botman was, was, was good today. Um, I thought defensively he, he was very, very strong. I thought he was solid. I thought he really kept um, Tony at bay for long parts of the game when when Tony was dominating. When he didn't dominate, it was because Ren Botman was very, very physical with him. Um, yeah, I just thought it, it, the penalty kind of, kind of it will it will always cloud people's judgments of his performance because it was a it was a poor it was a poor decision. But he's only made, in my opinion, he's only made two of those in the season. So I'm not going to hold him to that. I'm not going to hold him to that. I'm going to say, oh. He, Poor performance, blah, 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 blah. It was one bad decision. He's 23 years old. He's going to learn from that. Great age. Great age. Great age. Love it. Love it. Yes, Daz. Get him. You don't think I can get another ear there? No, it's not my watch. (laughs) 
I think well, I think one thing that you to back up what you said there, Pete, was uh second half, the first Sven Botman. You you like players to learn as they go on during the game. And he came out a lot more confident. And he actually came out knowing how to play, Kevin Shardy. You know, he was there was a lot of times when the commentator kept saying, Oh, he kept trying to go past Botman, you know, his his eyes were lighting up every time he knew he was gonna run run against Botman. But for me, in the second half, he never really got past Botman. You know, Botman was, you know, he knew that he had what he had to do against him. He adapted, he used his football acumen to like, right, I've got to do this against him. I can't do this with how I do it normally. Uh, he was giving him an extra yard and stuff like that. It, that that's clever. And, uh, you know, that, that shows why that Botman's going to be one of the, the, the you know, the, the best centre, centre backs. You know, probably, probably if he keeps going the way he's going, he's going to be in that ilk of, you know, Vincent Company, Van Dyke in the prime sort of thing. He was he's, he's fantastic going forward. Pete, you're going to say something? Yeah, you're right. So, Sven Botman is already one of the best centre backs in the Premier League. He's already proven that this season. But um, for for me, um, I think the 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 kind of praise needs to go for Sven Botman's second half performance needs to go to Eddie Howe and Jason Tinder because I'm convinced that those boys had a conversation with Sven and said, look. This is what he's doing. This is what we're seeing he's doing. This is what you need to do in the second half to stop him playing. And he almost went, okay, you're doing this. I'm going to do this. And then Sade became a non-factor because he didn't do anything in the second half. Uh, and, and you've alluded to that. And, and that that's where a top manager and a top coach and a top tactician in, in Eddie Howe and in his backup staff with the likes of Tyndall, that's where they make the difference. And he was very, very good in the second half on the back of that. I don't really remember a time where he put a foot wrong in the second half, if I'm honest with you. And over the course of the game, like I say, there's very rarely a time that Sven Botman makes a, makes a bad decision. Forrest with a pass back and the penalty to, uh, today are really the only really major talking points that you can ever point Sven Botman to, to, to making a bad decision. He's had an outstanding season. I'm not going to hold it against him, but I'll put him alongside Shaw at 7.5 purely because of the penalty season, but I could have quite easily given him a Okay, well, let's move on to Big Dan Byrne. Um, Daz, what did you make of uh, Byrne's performance today? Uh, well, you know, I, I didn't have right anything spe- special down about Byrne. I actually just lumped him in there with Char Botman and gave him a 6.5 as well. So that's what he got from me. Yeah, I, I thought he was steady today. Um, similar to what you you mentioned in there, uh, I think you give him a seven. Didn't do anything really outstanding. Uh, did did what he was he had to do, sort of thing. Uh, Pete, what did you make of Big Dan Burns' performance today? Yeah, seven. I uh, gave him a seven. Um, wasn't quite at the level of the other three defenders on the pitch. Um, again, he looks tired. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I think. Dan Burr is probably going to start every single game between now and the end of the season. Uh, because if he, yeah. if he didn't get a rest today, he's never going to get a rest. Um, and I think like Longstaff and like one or two others, Shaw, he looked tired today. And um, Shaw, uh, I, I don't, but I don't think they were ready for Shaw we talked about it on away days, and Lewis quite rightly said, is a player to look out for. If he starts, he's got incredible amount of pace. I don't think they were ready for realising how fast and how dynamic he could be in that front line, particularly in the first half. And he really struggled on the back of that. 
And when you're tired and when you've played two big games before that and given so much energy to that, I don't put, I don't hold him responsible. I just think when you put so much effort in and he's six foot five and he's having to run back and forth, back and forth, you're going to tire. And it, this probably was the perfect game to play a Matty Target. And I thought Target might have started with all the talk in the media about um, Matty Target in the run-up, about Dan Burn getting a rest, Target coming in. Nah, Burn played and he played um, uh, pretty much every minute. So for me, Dan Burn's going to start every single game now between now and then the season. Unless we wrap yeah. up Champions League football early and he starts kind of giving Elliot Anderson and Target and even Mankilio a run out. I think Burns going to play every game. Um, but he looked tired. He wasn't quite at it as what we expect him to be. But we still won. Seven. Happy days. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, sorry, someone's after pointing out, yeah, that my since I changed their browser, my background was wrong. I was showing West Ham there. So, yeah, no, fix that. Brentford. Yes, that's what happens when you change change browsers mid-show uh, to try and get everything else working. Uh, I was going to say, the, the, I think the, the one thing about Damon, I, I thought you know you might get a rest against West Ham. Uh, I thought they might have brought Target in against that just to, you know, Burns had some canny opposition, like, you know, one-on-one this season, quite pacey. But he's done, he's done well. Bear in mind, he's not the fastest. He's not really a left-back and he's had a fantastic season. Um but at the same time, we all, we also know he likes to keep Dan Burn on the pitch. So I was when we made the final uh, change with Lascelles coming on. I, I was thinking, why not move Dan Burn into the middle and bring Target back on just to so you've got a bit of pace out wide, sort of thing. So then you can still play with the three centre halves. You've got a bit of extra height in the middle as well. But you know, obviously, we don't question what Eddie Howe does because you know Eddie Howe delivered a masterclass this afternoon. You know. We can't really uh, doubt what his his ability is as a coach. You know, he's he's highlighted one of the reasons why he's he's up there for manager of the year this year because he's done wonders at Newcastle this season. His first full uh, season in charge. Um, right, let's get on to the midfield. And what we'll do is we'll start with uh, Sean Longstaff. Uh, obviously, he only played forty five minutes, but obviously we've still got to give him a rating because he was in the starting line. Daz, what what do you make of Sean Longstaff today? Sean Langstaff, Sean Langstaff. Actually, before I give them my rating for Sean Langstaff, I want to shout out to the goat, the goat for, ta- for, for, for telling me that I had the wrong background. So, yes, I do have to give you a shout out. Thanks for that, mate. Uh, so, the goat, got, we've got to get a 10 rating for me, but Sean Langstaff today got a 6 for me. Uh, he yeah, he was only on the pitch for the first half, and along everyone else on the pitch, apart from Pope, got a 6 for me in that first half. So, uh, 6 for uh, Langstaff. Um, well, yeah, he, and I just noticed as well, uh, he does tend to win a, a lot of uh, free kicks uh, for us as well. Um, he, did, he did win a few in that first half, so uh, fair play to him for that, but six is his rating. Yeah, Pete, what did you make of Sean Longstaff's uh, first 45, well, the f- first half? Six. Um, I always have six as a standard. Like when everyone stops the game, manager. It's like, yeah, it's, yeah, we've said it before, haven't we, Daz? Really? Yeah. Uh, football manager, everyone starts at a six. Like that's it. You either underperform and go below that, or you 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 kind of do all right. You get a seven or above and beyond. Uh, for me, he was a six. He kind of stayed there. Like I say, he was tired. He looked tired. Yeah. You can tell. Uh, in his performance, he wasn't as combative and got around the pitch as much as we 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 know he can. Um, not going to hold that against him at all. He was tired. It's been a tough, 
a tough week, um, and rightly rightly so. Give him a rest. Give him a week to to prepare for for a massive game against Villa. Um, no problem at all. Six for me. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be a little bit. I've got to agree with Michael Palmer. I thought he had a poor first half, but I think it's not merely down to obviously just have. Obviously, we were all the the whole team was bad first half, um, but I do think it's it is down more to tiredness. He's he's pretty much played every single minute this of the this season. He's been, you know, the stats back up. He's, he covers the most ground each game, the most ground in the Premier League this season. Uh, you know, he does the dirty work and stuff like that. And three games, you know, in six days was going to, you know, creep up. And I was surprised, to be fair, if um, obviously, possibly if Alistair Maxwell hadn't gone down, we might have seen Willock come in for Longstaff, just because obviously Willock sat out uh, on Wednesday, whether they would have done the same for um, Longstaff, just to give him a bit of a breather and bring him on as an impact in the in the second <clears> half or something like that, just to keep their minutes down. Uh, but obviously, he got the breather, but obviously probably not the way he wanted his breather by going off at half-time, just in that tactical change. But, you know, I, I don't think anyone can really have a go at uh, Longstaff. He's had a fantastic season. And uh, unfortunately, he was part of the, you know, the scapegoat. That had to be, uh, he was one of the bodies that had to go off today. Um, but, uh, yeah, we we've, agree. We've he's been fantastic this season, so we'll not have a go at him on that one. Um, Richie, can I, can I just get in on one, one thing? Because uh, 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 Rich was feeling a bit jealous earlier when uh, we got give one of our members, new members, uh, a big shout out. So we'll give one of our existing members, Rich, Rich Jobling, uh, and he's asked about a Splinter's score. I, I think I think a good old Keith had a rating of, uh, or had a prediction of 2-1, if I'm not uh, mistaken, and the way it is. Uh, and he also had Tony down to score. Uh, so uh, Keith, He's probably watching in the background, doesn't say always say something in the chat, but uh, I think that was what he, what he said. Were you right, Pete? Yeah, I, I, I just put a comment out and just put, um, oh, oh, sorry, one second. So I, I, I think I took it off you. I just put a comment on there. I just put, um, he said it, he said a draw and or or a win. Um, in <laughs> yeah, terms I remember of that prediction. I know, uh, I know, so, uh, obviously, I was, I, I watched the the way there's another fantastic shows, obviously, that you can. Go back in, on the channel, and if you didn't get a chance to have a look at it, have a uh, check back at your leisure. But I, I do remember Mark saying, and he said actually said at the start of the show it would be two, he said two one. Um, so obviously hats off to to Mark and agreeing. I don't know what I can't remember what your prediction was, uh, Pete. Two one as well, yeah. Two one as well was it? There we go. <laughs> but but uh, uh, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm... I'll, I'll take that off, comment off. Um, I, I just I just keep touching the comments. I'm going to take my cursor away. I'm not going to touch anything else. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it there. Just, a, just uh, enjoy your brandy, Pete. That's it. <laughs> it's here. You know what? You know what? It's, it's just starting to kick in a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, the, the fun times, the fun times are rolling here. It's, uh, it's, it's been a great day, great win, happy times. It's, that's, it's what you've got to do when you've won three out of three, nine at nine points out of nine, and you're third in the Premier League. It's what you've got to do. That there, Pete. It's what you've got to do. Hey, it's a hard life, eh? <sighs> Tell us about it. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's long stuff. Let's go on to Joe Linton. Uh, that's what did you make of J Seven oh, today? J Seven. Uh, J Seven got a 
8.5 for me. Uh, he was the best outfield player for me. Um, he he got the goal. He got the goal that that, that started the ball uh, um, rolling for us and a nice individual move as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, he's. Eight point five, and he deserved it uh, today. And of course, he got a ten and man the match for us. From sorry, from from me and you, Pete, in the last reaction show. So um, uh, yeah, he's he's on a roll. Um, so great, great to see. Pete, what do, what do you make of uh, Joe's performance? <laughs> uh, I gave Joe, um, I gave Joe a nine. I thought Joe was outstanding today. Uh, Joe Linton, that is. I thought he was brilliant. I really did. Goal, goal aside, own goal, whatever you want to call it, we needed him in that team today. We needed him in that team. And I just thought he was brilliant. Uh, combative, <laughs> bullish. He really did everything to the team. I, um, I just, yeah, I was just, I just thought he was excellent. I really did. Um, we've, we've missed, we've missed what he gives to the team when he was out for the last couple of games um, or the couple of games before the World Cup. Not welcome in tackle, sorry. And I said, since that, since he's come back into the team, uh, came on at Man United, played against um, uh, uh, West Ham and was excellent. And and today, I thought he was great. I really did. I think he's um, he's really built into into his form. And I'm, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gutted. I'm gutted that the goal is not going to be given to him. It's going to be an own goal because. I think he's on what six goals, six goals this season, um, and I'd, there's a part of me that really wants him to get to double figures before yeah. the season, just to kind of like, just to kind of solidify how good of a season he's had. It'd be it'd be great, and of course there was no yellow card. Just, just to confirm for the for the tenth time to, in this show today, there was no yellow card for Joe Linton. But I would love him to get to double figures. For the end of the season, just to kind of solidify his importance to this team and how how brilliant he is for Newcastle United, but just to kind of almost wake up the Brazilian manager, whoever it's going to be. I know they've got an interim at the moment to say this guy is playing outstanding football for Newcastle, getting us in the Champions League, got double figures for us this season, get him in the Brazilian squad. Like he's, he's out playing some of your boys that you pick a week in, week out that playing in the Premier League and he's doing the business. Like, I just, yeah, I just, I, I love the guy. I think he, I, he's just so infectious. Um, and yeah, he epitomised everything that we, we needed, particularly in the second half. So yeah, um, I gave him a nine. Fair play. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree with you, Pete. I thought he was our best outfield player today. Um, I'd give him a nine as well. He just... You just following off what you say about getting double figures. Do you think it would be it would be ironic if he got double figures? Pretty much as a, predominantly as a midfielder when he was brought in as a, as our new number nine and he couldn't hit the. He's just that. I think that just goes to show the wonders that Eddie Howe's done with him. Uh, whether it be a mistake or not, <laughs> should, right? So, Daz, are you confirmed that he did get a yellow card or I, didn't I, get a yellow card? I, 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 I don't know where I know where people are getting this idea that Joe Linton somehow somehow got a yellow card. <laughs> I, I, it, it it goes it goes above my head altogether. Uh, this this uh, notion of that Joe Linton got a yellow card. I am not not having it. Not having it. <laughs> I think I, I think if we just clear that up, Daz, that was the other card he picked up against West Ham, wasn't the other night? 
It could have been. Yeah, that could have been. It could be right. <laughs> I don't know at this stage. I don't know anymore, Richard. No idea. <laughs> Love it. Love it. But yeah, I just think it would be really ironic if you got it as, as a bit double figures as a midfield. That would be really, really nice to see. Uh, right, let's move on to Bruno. Daz, what did you make of Bruno's performance today? Bruno, Bruno, Bruno. Yeah, yeah. there was a question mark really over how, how fit he was after that injury scare before the game. Um, he wasn't at his best, that's for sure. I had him done as a six in the first half, and uh, but he did pick it up a bit in the second half. And I gave him a seven uh, overall. But for for I always rate Bruno highly. Uh, I sorry, give him high ratings in 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 these ratings shows, but uh, he got a seven for me, um, which isn't too bad, but it's not Bruno as we know Bruno. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with you. I'd give him a seven. I think it's one of those things again where it's you know he's played a full night minutes three times in six days. Um, it, it's just a little bit of time. And obviously, Kieran Kelly from the Chronicle mentioned, you know, he perhaps got that little knock in the in the warm-up as well. Uh, and we know what he, we know what Joel, uh, sorry, what Bruno's like. He's adamant he's going to play uh, anyway. Do you know what I mean? So he's he's going to come on. He's got, uh, and he wants to, you know, play his heart out for the, for the, for the, for the mags. Do you know what I mean? It's, he just loves putting that black and white shirt on. And, you know, he knows how much of a, a pivotal game this was today. Um, and whether he's carried that little knock today, he's got now he's got a full week to recuperate, rest up uh, for Villa, which is going to be you know our third away game in a row. It will be a test with obviously with Villa moving up the sixth today, another win today at home at Villa Park. Um, so you know I, I know Rich Sutherland will be buzzing about that, and no doubt it'll be an interesting away days uh, this week. On I, I presume it'll probably be Thursday on that one, uh, Pete, when we get round to it. But uh, confirmation—that's all. It, 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 I was normally it's one of those ones where Aston, Aston Villa fans like to, to pull out of the, 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 the you know the, the away days show if it's you know the, when Newcastle are come to town on form. But it's going to be an interesting with with Villa hitting form as well, and Newcastle hitting form is going to be a, it's going to be one to watch next week, and that that's obviously why it's the lunchtime kickoff on on next Saturday. But yeah, I, I just think with Bruno, I think it's one of those things where it's been. He's, he's done a lot of minutes again. I just doubt that ties carry that knock, but he still he still delivered what he needed to do in there and helped run the midfield and helped uh, turn it around in the second half. So, Pete, what did you make of uh, Bruno? Um, yeah, um, just waiting on confirmation from 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 Richie uh, Rich, Rich Overland. not Richie Rich. There's only one Richie. Um, uh, <laughs> That's Rich, Matt uh, and, uh... <laughs> uh, Rich Joblin. Which one? Which one is it? Richie. Uh, oh Richie. No, there's only one Richie. I said there's many there's many a Rich, but there's only one Richie. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just waiting back for Rich um to, to see when he's available um uh, for away days. So uh either Thursday or Friday. But um Bruno Gamero's I've given I've given Bruno an eight. Um I could have given him an eight point five because and I'm going purely on the second half here. I thought Bruno after a really kind of low par performance in the first half, I think he wasn't, he was kind of playing through the pain barrier, the injury, whatever it was that was stopping him from playing. Um, he came out in the second half and he looked a different player. Um, he was getting on the board, he was making runs further forward, he was getting involved in attacks, he was showing what we'd seen previously from him. Now he's still not 100% like uh, fit. That that's obvious, but um, 
I really like what I saw from him in the second half. I thought he played really, really well. Um, and so, yeah, I'm giving him an eight. Could have given him an 8.5, but I give him an eight. I thought, I thought he did really, really well. And even late on in the game, he was still pushing forward. I think he played a ball through to Wilson, who should have done better with his opportunity. And he played a couple of other balls through to, to players that were still creating opportunities off the back of that. And I just thought, yeah, um, he looked back to his best. And it fills me with confidence that there's not going to be any concerns between now and Villa next weekend off the back of his second half performance because I'll be honest with you, in the first half I was worried and I actually thought he might be one that could be pulled um, at half time because yeah. it wasn't quite convinced that he, that he was 100% fit. So it just goes to show, it almost makes me think that when he has these moments where he's not quite 100% fit, it's almost like Tyndall and Howe have the conversation with him and go, you know what, just play within yourself. Don't go all over the shop. Don't do what you normally do. Just stick in the middle, get the ball and spray it. Like, don't do any of that stuff. Um, and it was only really in the second half that he actually had a shot on goal. In the first half, he, did, he didn't want to shoot. He just kept passing it, playing it to the side. He had a couple of shots in the second half. Weren't great, but that was potentially what he got his injury from. So I was a little bit worried about that. But yeah, um, back to his best in the second half so fair play to him OK let's move on to Willikino Daz what did you what did you make of Willikino today yeah uh, I wrote down winning the ball back uh uh, but yeah, I gave him uh, total I gave him a seven uh six in the first half but seven overall um wasn't his best game um quite enough uh for me um but yeah seven Willikino. Pete, what, what, what do you make of uh, Willikino today? Yeah, 7.5 for me. Uh, Willikino. Um, yeah, he didn't really affect the game the way we expected him to. Um, coming into the team, replacing uh, Alan St. Maximin. I actually think that it would have been better Willik playing um, in in replacement for Alan St. Maximin on the left-hand side so he could get the ball and run at defenders with his pace, his ability to to play um, in that position. Um, he played in that midfield and at times he was kind of lost in that in that role, um, which we don't normally see from him. So, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. Um, he wasn't completely at the races, but there was moments where he continued to make things tick and make things happen and progresses forward. Um, so, for me, yeah, I, I thought... The second half was definitely better than the first. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of like, yeah, I just gave him a 7.5. I thought he did okay. Yeah, I, I gave him a, a 7. Uh, I thought he'd, he wasn't wasn't flashy. You know, he's, he's had some fantastic performances of late and uh, just just today wasn't his day. It's You know, he did, did what he had to do, try to take us forward. I agree with what Peter said. I would have liked to have probably seen him on the left. And use that pace, which we've seen in numerous times when he gets one on one with the, the, the right back. Uh, he's torched, you know, a, f a few decent right backs this season. So uh, it would have been nice to have to see what he could have done up against uh, Aaron Hickey today, but it wasn't it wasn't to be. Um, so it's seven for me uh, with uh, Joe Willock. Daz, we'll move on to uh, Jacob Murphy because obviously Jacob Murphy started the game and played the first forty five. What did you make of Jacob Murphy today? Jacob Murphy, this is this is easy. Six. He did nothing. 
did nothing for, for me today. Uh, so uh, he gets the. I know my camera's stalled there. Um, but yeah, he didn't do much at all, Richie. Um, and he gets a six. Uh, see, I, I, I gave Murphy a five today. Uh, I think Murphy's, you know, he's done some fantastic things. You know, I know we've we've talked about over uh, the last few weeks. So Murphy's been fantastic. He's deserved to have his starting role since Miggy's been injured. Uh, I think one of the things that we've talked about is he's really good at when he gets that half yard. He gets that ball past someone and he whips the ball in. Um, and I know there was a couple of times today where. He tried to be Alan Sam Maxima, especially when he moved on to the left-hand side. And rather than just getting like getting that half a yard and playing the ball in or bringing someone else in, he was trying to take on two or three people. And for me, Murphy hasn't got that 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 skill in him to do it. He's not that type of winger. Um, you know, he's got that like that hot. He's fantastic at that half a yard with the ball in, and stuff like that. Decent set piece. He isn't an Alan Sat Maxwell, unfortunately. And I think that was one of the reasons what really let him down today. Just you know your game. And I think that's one thing that, as you know, as you mentioned before about Eddie Howe and Jason Tindall saying to Bruno, play within yourself. And it's also the sort of thing where you would say, you would be wanting to say to them, don't be trying to be someone else, be yourself as well. And I just don't think that um, Jacob Murphy. Uh, did that day? I just thought he. And, do you know what? It, it could be the fact that he's he's riding the high at the minute, crest of the wave. He's, he's confident. He's probably been uh, most of his Newcastle career. Do you know what I mean? And he, yeah. he wants to try some stuff, and I think so. That's that's good to see. But I think when it, it when you're in that sort of position where you're struggling to get into a game, and perhaps he's trying to create something. Obviously, only he, he'll know on that. But for me, I would prefer to stick to what he's strong strong at. Uh, and leave someone else's game to them, sort of thing. Whether they're they're not playing, either they're playing or not playing, shall I say? Uh, Pete, good timing. Uh, what was your thoughts on Jacob Murphy? Um, he was poor today. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was right that he got taken off. I picked him up the last few games. I thought he'd been very, very good, but yeah, he was poor today. Um, didn't look at the races. Didn't affect the game in any way. Deserved to be subbed. Um, you know, we've we've talked about players deserving their place in the team. Jacob Murphy's deserved his place in the team. Last few games, he's been undroppable. I mentioned that after the West Ham game, he is undroppable. But after today, if you don't perform, you don't put the performance in that, that makes the difference in the team, your place is in question. And going into next week, obviously potentially Maxi out and Amir or whatever, he might well earn his place back in the team, but it will be in question again. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it would certainly have Gordon knocking on the door going into the game against Villa. So, uh, yeah, um, not the best performance, I would probably say, uh, uh, similar to Longstaff at six. I was, thinking, I was just saying, I was just saying obviously before you came back, I don't know whether you caught it, I was just saying about Murphy, We've discussed over numerous weeks that Murphy's fantastic as a winger, as and getting that half a yard, whipping the ball, and he's probably one of the best crossers at the club. But today, there was a few times where he was trying to be a different sort of winger. He was trying to be a bit like Alan Sam Maxwell, where he's trying to take on two or three players. Mm. And for me, he's not that sort of winger. I don't know if you you would agree with that, Pete. Honestly, that's that's the reason why I would have taken him off. I couldn't help but think that. Um, 
that he he wasn't doing what he was brought in the team to do. So when he was brought in the team against Wolves, it was br- br- we're bringing him in the team to be direct, run at you, run at your fullback, beat him, whip a ball into the box. The old style wing, yeah. the Gillespie, for example, be the Gillespie, whip, get beat your man, whip it into the box. That's what he's done. That's what he's been successful doing. But almost when you're a player and you you then become regular in being in starting, you do try and think to yourself, oh, could I do this different? Could I could I adapt my game? Could I do this? And you forget your fundamentals. You forget yeah. your fundamentals of of, um, of of being what you are and and, and kind of why you're in the team. Yeah, it's, it's just me. you just you've just backed up what I said. I've just I've just said that you know he's he's confident at the minute. You know what I mean? He's, he's playing probably the, some of the best football he's ever played for Newcastle. He's right. He's confident on a right on the crest of a wave sort of thing. And yeah. sometimes you when you become confident, you try things you wouldn't normally try to do. And I, you know, and you do things that you're not perhaps in the team to do. And I think, and as I said to Daz when you were away, that's you know, I'll be I'll be t- talking to him afterwards. And I think Eddie Howe would do this. We'll just turn around and say, "Look, this is your game, Jacob. Just stick to that. You're not Alan Sam Maxim. There's probably nobody else in our squad who's Alan Sam Maxim. I can do what he can do, uh, sort of thing. So for me, you know, he, he got it five, but we'll move on. Uh, last of the starters. Alexander Isak, fantastic goal. Uh, probably, I can't see him scoring a better goal this season, even though his goal against West Ham and his cheeky little chat with Fabianski as watching it goes and was, was a highlight in itself uh, on Wednesday night. Daz, what did you make of uh, Alexander Isak? Um, Alexander Isak, yeah, um, I'm going to say an eight uh, for Isak. Yeah, but he, he, they shouldn't have given away the penalty because it wasn't a penalty because the foot wasn't high uh, and he was just clearing the ball. And great goal, a great setup by Wilson and eight for Isak. Pete? Um, Isak, yeah, I gave an 8.5. Um, wasn't really involved in much in the first half. But in the second half was hugely influential in what we did. Obviously, the goal stands out massively because he was class. But, um, yeah, I just thought having Wilson alongside him elevated his game. The confidence fell like into his lap. He, he looked confident on the board. His runs he was making were good. He was able to pick up pockets of space that he wasn't able to in the first half. It is... It, we have to remember, playing as a lone striker is not easy. It's not easy. But then when you play in a lone striker role with three centre-backs, makes it twice as hard. You're only adding another defender, but you're making the, the, the job twice as hard to, to do. So bringing Wilson on just allowed him to create a little bit more space to, uh, to make the different type of runs that he likes to make. Um, Wilson did all the all the kind of battery work. He batter around, bat, battering around the, the centre backs, um, but Isaac was was very good. So I'll give him an eight point five. I thought he I thought he played really really well, particularly in the second half. Um, and yeah, it created a moment of magic, which uh, which won the game. So um, more more than deserved it, in, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I... I've given Isak an eight. Uh, I thought uh, his second half of performance was exceptional. Uh, much to much to nothing in the first half, unfortunately. Um, but I think what 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 helped in the second half was 
as you just mentioned, Pete, yeah, there's three you've got three centre halves, Mark and one centre forward. You know, it's it's easy enough to deal with that one person. And I think with the fact that not having Alan Sam Maxman there and you've got uh, you haven't really got the out and out winger on the left, and then you've got Murphy on the other front and he's trying to come across and do that. It's it's that going back to the old days when Alan Sam Maxman was the, the this the main threat and everyone used to double up on him. And then obviously if you nullified that threat, there was nothing of Newcastle to threat elsewhere as a threat elsewhere. Whereas I think that was very similar today. Obviously, you had no Alan Sam Maxman today as a threat. Uh, Isak was playing as a lone man up front, trying to create stuff in the first half, couldn't really get much going. But then you bring on the additional quality uh, attack and threat of Callum Wilson in the second half. And then obviously it gives something of the... And obviously I'm, I'm bringing on Gordon as well because you've got to take Gordon to that mix as well as an attack and threat. Um, it makes the defenders question what they've got to do and obviously who they're going to mark, where who's going to be where and stuff like that. And it, it creates space for them. And if you look at the fact that for, for the Isaac's goal, Wilson's actually running at the defenders. And, the, and obviously, as soon as they're on commit, he lays it off to Isaac, who's in fact loads of space, probably the most space he had in the whole of the game. And with that quality and that ability that he's got, his finish was second. I and mean, it, it was absolutely exceptional. To put it in that you know that postage stamp top right hand corner as people say it was a lovely finish and no no goalkeeper was going to stop that you could you know you could have De Gea Ramsdale and there's not one single goalkeeper in the in the world that London Premier League would have saved that today uh, it was a fantastic finish um, he was unlucky as well later on where he had that ball through a rear made a good save as well um, and then obviously off the rebound we got the corner and stuff like that as well so uh, fantastic second half. Uh, and to be fair, his goal was a deserved winner. Uh, it deserved to win any game that goal, and I'm glad it did. Uh, we'll move on to Anthony Gordon now because obviously he came on early. Cool. So we'll rate him and we'll also do Wilson as well since they played the full second half. What did you make of Anthony Gordon quickly, Daz? No, I, I thought he was class when he came on. Uh, Flash had a, had a, a good game, uh, track back as well uh, when he needed to. I give uh, Flash an eight. Pete, what would you make of uh, Flash? Um, I gave Gordon a seven point five. I thought he did okay when he come okay. on, worked hard, uh, ran the channels, did everything that you would expect him to do. Um, there weren't really any sort of major moments that he kind of stepped out from, um, but yeah, uh, I thought he came and came on and, 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 and did the job. Uh, for the team, uh, he, he works incredibly hard, uh, and we knew this from what he did at Everton. But um, yeah, there wasn't that I can remember any sort of standout moments that I thought, wow, that, that was class. Um, so yeah, well, fair play to him. Uh, yeah, I agree, he, agree with you. That, building and growing. Like, yeah. I, I said to you guys before, when he signed, we're not going to see the best of Gordon until next season. Like yeah. I've said, that this is him growing and developing and understanding what Hal wants him to do. So he's going to get sub appearances and and do this type of role between now and then the season. I don't see him starting many games, but I thought he did okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him a seven. I think it's like you said, Pete. He's finding his feet this season. Um, you'll once he gets his full preseason, I think that's when you'll see a different uh, Anthony Gordon. Uh, one thing we always knew, and obviously one of the reasons why Eddie Howe and Dan Ash was like him was because his his work rate's phenomenal, um, and we've seen that every time he's come on, he's not stopped running. Uh, you look back at the West Ham uh, game the other night when he won the ball back in the 
the right back situation, and then it you know, led to a goal. That's that, that's what you want from your wingers, tracking back and defending from the front. And um, he's got all the attributes to, to be a fantastic Newcastle player if he wants to be. That you know, for me, I think that's the one thing a lot of people say is he's still doubt his character to a little bit to a degree and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, you know. What, what age is, is uh, Anthony Gordon again? I think he's 20, 21, 21. Oh, great age, great age, great age. <laughs> uh, yeah, we saw that at the same time because yeah. <laughs> I saw you start to smile. PDK. You know what? I have to give a shout-out to PDK. Um, because I had a bit of a difficult time recently, but um, I spoke to him the other day, and uh, it's great to, uh, great to see him in the chat again. Because uh, he, he come back into the chat this week, uh, top man PDK, great to have you in the chat, and of course putting that little comment in, just <laughs> what a little response from this open guy. So yeah, I think with that, I think what we'll do is we'll move on to Callum Wilson before we get into the league table and a few questions. So what did it, what did everyone quickly make of uh, Callum Wilson's second half performance? I know, yeah, I thought he was class. Um, he, he got an assist. Um, he's unlucky that his goal was ruled out because as I go into slow motion here, my camera. Uh, but yeah, he um, he got, gets an eight for me. Pete? Yeah, yeah he has to... Yeah, I, I could move that to 8.5. I'll stick with an eight. I'll go with that. I thought it was brilliant when he came on. It was exactly what we needed at that particular time. He yeah. bullied those centre-backs, held up the ball really well, and it allowed Isaac to come in and do what he did. I, I, I honestly think if he'd have replaced Isaac, I don't think it would have changed too much, if I'm honest with you. Mm. But the fact that he came on and was able to play with Isaac opened up the game massively, and it goes back yeah. to the manager. That goes back to the manager making that decision. That's that's what Eddie Howe's all about. So yeah, I'll give him an eight. I thought he was brilliant. Really, really unlucky to not get the goal because I think he deserved his goal and his performance. Yeah. Um, but look, uh, I think he'll end up top scorer for us uh, this season. I, I do. I, I think he'll end up top scorer. I think he's got a lot of goals left in him. As has Isaac, as has Isaac. I think they'll both get double figures, which is what I said to you guys a few weeks ago. I thought I, they're both getting double figures, and I yeah. hope. Isaac does as well, uh, and Miggy. Uh, Miggy's already there. He's already yeah. there. He's already on eleven. He's he's there. But I, I do think Callum Wilson probably will finish top scorer this season with Isaac and Miggy not too far behind. But yeah, yeah, good performance today in the second half. Yeah, I've I've got to reiterate quickly what Pete just said. I thought he was fantastic. That extra quality came on. You know, it created the extra space up front between him and Isaac. It's nice to see that partnership development when they play more minutes together. Uh, that it's it's fantastic to see. But do you know what? Just just following what you just said there, Pete, about getting double figures. Would you have imagined at the start of the season Newcastle having th- potentially three? Even we'll, we'll see if Joel Linton's little burst of uh, you know Fortum goes as well. Yeah. Three, possibly four players getting double figures in the season. Was the last time, you know what? This is this is the question. Keith, this, is, this, this is where you need Keith Rawl. That's the, exactly. Um, when was the last time that we had? Three or more players in double figures, double figures for a season. This could genuinely happen. Yeah, it, it could, might yeah. even be the season we last finished there. Possibly, I've got no idea. I don't it. Yeah. Well, let, I'll tell you what, we'll, let, we'll let, yeah. let someone in chat see if they can find that out before the end of the show for us because obviously Keith <laughs> would have been straight on it. But 
Daz, it's table time. Table time. That's why I stick with this browser to do it easier. Here we go. Here's the table. Um, so you'll see that we are sitting pretty still in third uh, and 56 points, followed by Man United, who are also on 56 points. You'll notice the nice little five green green uh, ticks in a row there. Is that, uh, is, but... is, that, is that the teams that have qualified for the Champions League already? You have to have five green ticks in a row. It will. It will. If well, if we continue with with five five more green ticks, I think it, that that'll be uh, accurate, Richie. But um, yeah, then Spurs who who got their win against Brighton, as you mentioned earlier, but they are on thirty games, so they have a play the game extra, and they are on fifty three points and not on the greatest of form. Uh, the, the team that is on form is, is right behind that, and who we play next is Aston Villa. Uh, they are on thir- they play thirty games. They're on forty seven points so they are a bit behind us but they are in form and they, they must be a danger for us as we go uh, play at Villa Park next weekend and Brighton Brighton uh, drop points today against uh, Spurs so they are looking a bit they still have a game less played uh, than us but uh and they have a lot of games that more to play. Uh, someone actually asked a question as well, and I'll answer that now because someone asked asked who is our game in hand, and it's against Brighton. Uh, it was Rich uh, Rich Jobbing. Um, so that, that and that's there still isn't a date confirmed for that as well because of them. Obviously, they're still in the FA Cup, which is why they haven't finalised the date yet. It'll be May. It'll be sometime in May. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, anyone else want to comment on the table? I think I think what you it, it's. It shows it's going to be a pivotal two weeks for Newcastle. Um, Aston Villa away next week and then Spurs at home the week after. Um, for me, the, the the game that I'm more concerned about is Aston Villa next week. I'm confident we'll brush Tottenham aside at St James's Park in two weeks. Tottenham are bang average. Um, you know the. Well, I don't really want to go into the look today of uh, of stuff that happened for Spurs today and stuff like that. You know if. It doesn't cut. It doesn't. It doesn't need to be discussed. It's. It is what it is, and that's how the stuff's been this season. Um, but Villa Park. Uh, Villa Park's going to be a tough place to go again. You know, it's. It's one of those where, when they're when they're like firing, it's it's it, it can be a really really difficult place to go. Uh, I've been there on a uh, a few away days and been fantastic results when I've been there. Luckily, Pete. I don't know whether obviously it's, I know it's close to your neck of the woods. Whether you'll be Villa Park a few away days as well. Uh, it'll be I'm there next week. <laughs> Your next week, there you go. Yeah, I'm there. I'm there next week. Uh, yeah. um, can you bring oh. Pete? Can you bring something to keep your keys in or a pocket with a zip? Oh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to. He's buying a bum bag. I've already got a van as well. Um, so yeah, don't worry. The keys, <laughs> the keys, the wallet, the phone, everything will be uh, very tightly secured. Um, don't worry, the, with the three points as well, please. Yeah, uh, that's the most important thing. Uh, forget the keys and the phone. Yeah, well, this is all agree with me, but disagree with me. Sorry, but, uh, yeah, uh, we need to bring those three points home, and that's a massive game for us. But, uh, um, look, it's it's great to see five wins in a row. Um, all of those green ticks, um, looks great. We've got a game in hand on Tottenham, so we can go six points clear. Um, we can go back to what is it? Is it nine points clear? We're nine points clear at the moment, sorry, at Villa. Um, but look, Brighton, we've got a game in hand, uh, I've got a game in hand on news, but we play them. So we've got these teams around us. We've got the likes of Villa. Then we've got Tottenham after that. 
Then we've got, you know, we've got Brighton that needs to be rearranged. We've got teams around us that we can effectively win that ends the conversation on this Champions League running. Like that, that's it's it's all in our hands. We've been saying it like for the last week now. It is all in our hands. We keep winning these type of matches. It puts teams out of, of bounds with us. If we play all of our games in hands and win them, it puts us twelve points clear of Villa. It puts a six-point clear of, of, of Tottenham, who we then play next. If we win that, that goes to nine points. That just separates us even further. It just puts us in an even better position for finishing in top four. Now, obviously, Man United are on the same points as us and all the rest of that, and there's a lot of talk about that, but they've just lost Marcus Rashford today. He pulled up yes. massively with a with a groin injury that's likely to put him out. But there you go. Now, it, the, the way in which he went off today says that that's an injury that's going to keep him out for at least two or three weeks. Because um, it was a groin injury, he didn't get he didn't go down and get treatment and try and carry on. He knew straight away that he was injured, so therefore he limped off, went back to went back into the into the changing rooms. That for me is a serious injury, and, and Eric Ten Hag has confirmed that. They don't know how bad it is, but for me, I won't I wouldn't expect him to play for the next two or three weeks. Now he's been their only major source of goals. Without him. And Casemiro going into their next games, that's a different proposition for teams. And they could drop further points, which could help us. So this Villa game next weekend is massive. If we win that, Man United drop points, Tottenham drop points, <clears throat> Villa drop points off the fact of us beating them. That puts us in like an unbelievable position going with, what, eight games to go? Into the last yep. knock into the, uh, of the league. That, that sets us up perfectly to finish in the Champions League places, not just fourth, but third. I'll, I'll, third right Pete, I'll ask the question then. If we beat Aston Villa and Spurs, is that Champions League football guaranteed in your opinion? I, I think, honestly, if we beat Aston Villa away next weekend and then we go and beat Spurs, which I think we can do both, by the way, mm-hmm. I genuinely believe that we are favourites for third position. That puts us in favourites for third position. Because after that point, if I'm right in thinking, do we have Everton Everton and Southampton as our next two games? Yeah. For me, like they're the games that we want. We want Everton. We want to play Everton. Uh, Everton, yeah, they're they're good as in. They do all their blue smoke, all that that rubbish, right? Yeah, it's great. All the rest of it. But when you put them on the pitch, we are a better team. Southampton, we're there. We better win. We better win. Three points. So for, for, for me, if we win the next two games, I genuinely believe we've got an unbelievable chance of winning the next two after that. And I've got to Pete, I've got to agree. Do you know why? Because when we play Everton on the Thursday night, um the before the Southampton game, yeah. Spurs and Man United play the same night. Uh, at Spurs. So and bear in mind, as we've just said, Rashford could be missing for two or three weeks, which would probably take us to the end of April. Yeah. For, Man United have got to play Forest, Spurs, and Villa in April in the Premier League. Wow. And that's also, they've also in that time got to play Sevilla in the Europa League yeah. and Brighton in the FA Cup. Yeah. 
I, I genuinely believe, genuinely believe that type of injury. They might, they might rush him back, might give him an injection. I don't know, but let's be honest. The Carabao Cup, they rushed him back for that. The game at St James's Park, they rushed him back for that. There was question marks of his injuries in the build-up to both of those two games. They've clearly rushed him back. Then what they've done, they've played him at St James's Park, played him against Brentford, and played him against Everton. They've given him, they've given him no rest. So that's why he's pulled up with an injury. And now their main source of goals have run out. So. They're in a position now where they're going to be struggling. And Martial's back, but Martial's not on the level of Rashford. So it doesn't really matter. So it puts us in pole position for this third position. Now, what we need to do is rest, recuperate, is what you boys have said, and make sure that we're ready to go at Aston Villa. Because as the likes of Leicester and many others have proven this season, you can go to Aston Villa and win there, but you've got to do it right. And you've got to be up for it. You've got to put a performance in almost like the type of performance we put in uh, against the likes of West Ham. Like, you don't want to put in a performance like we did against Brentford, because if you put a performance in like that against Aston Villa, where you give a half away, you're going to get punished. Now, what we need to do is do what we did against uh, West Ham. Now, we, we've got Alisson Maximum that's likely to miss that game equally. If anyone watched the game with Villa, um, Leon Bailey pulled up with a hamstring injury. So he's not likely to play and he's a big player for them. So they're also going to lose players too. Um, mm. So it's a case of what we can do in the game. Now, our defence, can we keep Ollie Watkins quiet? I believe we can. Can we score goals? When you've got Tyrone Mings at the back, we can score goals. There's no doubt about it. He gives you a goal every time. So for me, I think we're in a great position to, to beat Villa. And, and look, I'm going to be there and there was nothing better. I loved the Forest game, but there'd be nothing better than us taking three points from Villa. Um, sorry, well, Rich. Sutherland. Yeah, no, just, just want to jump in. And Potsy knows. Potsy knows that Newcastle are going to be in the Champions League next season. So, uh, and uh, also, he's, he's reminding people to smash those likes. Uh, so, get, get on that as, as well. Uh, hit the, that like button and push us up the algorithm. You know what? Uh, um, Pots. Pots, um, great to have Pots in the chat. Pots has been one of our biggest supporters this season. There's a reason why he, he brought me myself on to the, to the Race for Europe show to represent Loaded Mag and Newcastle fans because Pots sees the quality of football that we're playing like we see on a regular basis. He watches us. He watches again today. He was like, he's at class. He's like, you guys, he, he said tonight, he was like, you guys are getting Champions League football. There's no doubt about it. Obviously, we're, we're going to be nervous about it. We're not sure if we're going to get Champions League football. But Pops has been a massive supporter of, of, of Newcastle United this season. So, so big up to, to Pops. Fair play to him. Um, and, yeah, uh, if you haven't already, smash those likes and subs. We've already got 10 subs tonight. Plus, can we get 20 before the show's out? Anyone that hasn't yet subbed, just click that button. It only takes a second. Let's get us there. And maybe you'll hear this noise more often over the next year or so. Who knows? Fingers crossed we will. Fingers crossed. You've got to just enjoy that music, don't you, Dad? It's going to be fantastic. Can you imagine what, you know, I don't know if anyone saw the Jacob Murphy and Sean Longstaff interview when they were saying, uh, you know, Jacob Murphy said to someone before, in the warm before the Southampton game, the atmosphere 
in the build-up for the semi-final second leg was absolutely phenomenal. He says that's what it would be like on a week-to-week basis for Champions League games at Newcastle, and it, it just excites you, doesn't it? Just that that music. It's it probably you know it's it's not the best music, but everyone knows what it's synonymous about. It's yeah. the Champions League, and you want that to be played at your ground, don't you? So, yeah, fingers yeah. crossed, and hopefully, um, Dan's right about that, and. Uh, you know, we we are hearing that next season. Daz, we're getting to the end of the show now. Do you want to tackle a few quick questions uh, before we round up the show? Yeah, there was a big one there in the chat. It was about Joe Linton, but uh, we got past that, I think, just about. Uh, all right, let's go to uh, another one. Um, should Isaac and Wilson continue to play together? I don't think that's going to happen. Only Eddie Howe will stick with the formation he has. Tried and trusted and only happen again if we go a goal behind and we need to mix it up and it's good to know that we have that in our locker to to mix it up uh and whoever is on the pitch would stay on it and the other the opposite one would, would join them and uh go for it and we, we can we can uh, get something out of it then but uh so i don't but i don't think it's, it's something that he will he will uh, he won't go four four two uh to start again but what no, do you I, think, I think it's one of those things will it'll be needs must if i agree does i think it'll be He's got his tried and tested formation set up and stuff like that. Um, and I think, you know, would he have done it today if Alan Sam Maximum had been fit? Potentially not. Uh, obviously, he knew that the game needed changing and your game changes with uh, Wilson and Gordon today. So I think that's probably the only reason why he did it and had both on at the same time. Did the decision work? Well, we won 2-1, so that's, that's you know, it backs up his changes. Good, good point here from from. Uh, sorry, Pete, did you want to say anything else there? No, I, I, I from from my perspective, um, I just I, I'm just looking at what I eat there. Just put on um, Pete. Do you think that Villa will beat uh, Villa will beat us next week? I never said that Villa would beat us. By the way, in that European show, I was the one person that said we have to beat Villa. So uh, yeah. yeah, Villa will well, not. To be to be fair, I didn't. I went with that. You had to go with the majority because once there was three, you had to turn and go with it. It wasn't like yeah. that. I, I I don't think we'll lose that one. As but. Yeah, because I'm just looking back at that that uh, results. Um, sorry, the 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 yeah the the data from that show. Uh, and yeah, we had because today we had that we beat Man United. Uh, I will turn on my camera again. That we beat Man United. That we would uh, beat uh, West Ham. We said we'd draw our game today against Brentford, and we said we would lose against. The collectively said uh, we would lose against Villa. So we're already up on what we said, and Not we. we not collecting. Well, you know, that was that was wrong. We we'll have to watch it back. I can't remember. But um, yeah, let's move on to the next question. Great point here from Alan Thompson. Uh, lads, do you know we cannot get relegated? Yes, today, today, and we cannot finish lower than eleventh. Absolutely fantastic. No, always, always good to bring us down to earth there, Alan, on, on that one. Uh, no, because well, it's yes. true, it's true. Uh, thanks, Alan, for that. Uh, also, another great point uh, here. Uh, yeah, Pete, I think you heard what what um, Eddie Howe said. But anyone really know any more about Max's injury? It was talking about a hamstring injury beforehand, but or was he being rested two weeks? Two weeks. Yeah. They, they, they um, he said he felt some discomfort after the West Ham game, so they took him for a scan, um, and it's come back and said um, yeah, around the two week mark which is why he's in the oxygen chamber, which is why 
we've seen what we've seen on social media today. Um, so it's not, Eddie Howe said it's not something serious, a serious hamstring injury, you're talking four, six, eight weeks. It's not that. It's, it's a two-weeker, so it's more like a slight strain more than anything. So a little bit of rest, a little bit of oxygen um, over the course of you know the next week or so. He'll miss Villa, uh, and rightly so. You don't want to rush him back for that. They could, probably could, but you, you don't want to rush him back for that. But he'll be back for top for Tottenham for Spurs, as would I there put. And yeah, um, hopefully we'll have him fit then for the next for the remainder of the season. So it's the right thing. But we've got we've got players coming back in. We've got Miggy Amir on that won't be too far away um, from the you know not too far after Tottenham. Um, maybe we might even see him back at, at Southampton, for example. Um, Miggy Amir on. So yeah, we're getting players back, and we've got other players that can come in if if Murphy continues to play well and Gordon continues to do the do the part. Then we won't miss them because we've not missed our top scorer so far, have we? In what's no. been a really tough week. Cool. That's another great, another great point from Jordi uh, Two for Life. Still unbeaten in London, only Chelsea to come. Very good point. I've got um, another interesting fact for you as well, because since that's a, a, a nice fact that Joy Tuvai's got, did you know that Newcastle are unbeaten under on uh, Eddie Howe on 3 p.m. kickoffs on a Saturday? I did. Dominic scored mm-hmm. had that out earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good one, yeah. Uh, and um, what did Jordan Cronin say? Uh, now uh, to uh, get mm-hmm. get on Dom's back if uh, if uh, a pile on if uh, if, uh, if, uh, if it backfires on him, but no, it didn't. So you're safe, Dom. Um, right, uh, good question here from Charlie Hotspur. Why Botman hasn't scored a goal yet is a mystery. Should be a baller at corners. Only part of his game which needs improving. At Lille, he used to score regularly. A few misses. Have got to his head. Thoughts, lads. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? I, I was going to say, Daz, for me, I wouldn't be looking at Botman hasn't scored a goal from a corner. I'd be looking at why we're not so good full stop with the hype we've got in, in the team from corners. You've also got to look at the fact that you've got Dan Byrne in there. You've also got Fab Shaw in there as well. Joel Linton as well as, you know, as a big presence in the box as well. I wouldn't just be looking at Botman. I'd be looking at all of those. Why we're not scoring more goals from corners. Pete, any thoughts on that one? We don't play to their strengths. Um, we put balls into the box. It's almost like we've got these players. We've got we've got Burn. We've got Sh- we've got Shaw. We've got Botman. They're all going in the air. But it's almost like we play balls into the box for Wilson, for Joe Linton, for Willock, for other players. It's almost like we're playing to confuse the opposition. Because they they're the players that we expect to. For me, I don't. I think I saw it once today, but I've not seen it very often. I don't understand why Botman doesn't make the run across goal in the near post. Make the run across goal a little bit like the likes of Nemanja Vidic used to do, the likes of John Terry used to do. Make the run across goal, get that little flick on, whip it into the far corner, or get the flick on that someone else can get on the end of that creates a havoc. It. it we have Sven Botman right in the centre middle of things, which is easier to mark if you're if you're someone marking Sven Botman. All you have to do is just kind of hold on to him and keep him close to you to stop him from getting on the end of things. If he makes runs, darting runs, and you put it into an area, it makes it so hard to mark him. And if you're going to stop him, you're probably going to end up pulling him down and, and, and winning a penalty for Newcastle. So 
I, I just think that we're, we're not playing to the strength of the players that we've got in front of us. But look, Burns different. Burns had chances. He's just not put them away, in my opinion. That's the thing that lets him down. So, um, uh, Sven Botman needs to play to his strengths a little bit more. Cool. Uh, there was a shout for the, the, the fixtures to, to come up uh, on screen here. So, um, from Mark and from Willie there. So, here's just a quick update on where we are. We are going to do a proper full show on this again, but this is how it's looking. Sorry, uh, wrong tab. That was our results. This is it here. Part two. Yeah. So, three greens for us. Uh, three, I mean, three wins. And, yeah, we're, 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 we're doing well. Um, couldn't do any got- better. Brighton got Chelsea next. Wow. Chelsea next, I think. Yeah, that's when I and then Man City. change. And then Man City, yeah. So it's it's gonna go south for, for uh, Brighton, I I think soon enough. And like let that's why we need to keep another weather well behind us, but let's keep Villa quiet and keep ourselves up as, as, as far as you can go as well. Uh, people asked about the, the fixtures. Uh, there's a quick snapshot uh, of it. Uh, pause it and you'll and you'll uh, you'll get to see it towards the end uh, again after the show. We just pause that bit and you'll see it. And we look at Tottenham. Look at yep. Tottenham after next weekend. So they've got Bournemouth. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. They've got Bournemouth next. Um, next weekend we've got Villa. Um, uh, you look at that afterwards. Newcastle, Man United, Liverpool. That's where Tottenham will come unstuck. And that's where potentially where we've got Tottenham, Everton and Southampton, that's where we can pull a gap. But we but if we win at Villa, if if, if we if we Catholic, lose at Villa yeah. or we draw at Villa, it gives them a little bit of a chance to to push up. We'll still be a point ahead of them. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. If we get point of Villa, we'll still be a point ahead of them. But our next three games after that, we beat Spurs, uh, and then we've got Everton and Southampton. That's where we could potentially create the gap that ends up getting this Champions League football. That, that's a it's, a it's a big moment. The next three four games, huge. Now, there's one last question I want to get to, and it's a very important question, and it comes in from Michael Palmer, and he just says. Thanks for clearing that up, lads. So, where does the booking put Joe in terms of, of a ban? So, uh, that is a very important question. I'm glad you asked that, Michael. And you're getting a, a, a one match, a one review show ban for that question. Uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> the bans. So, that was, it was a yellow card earlier. Uh, you might have missed it, but it was it was. If you play back, we give you the yellow card. But now it's a red. So, you're you're, you're sent off for, for the next review show, Michael, for that one. Um, all right, that is it. I think it was it, is it? Just uh, the sponsors to go through. If you want oh, to do yeah. that, now we can round up and, and get shot. Sure. sure. Uh, let's, let's go for the sponsors. Do, 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 do. Yeah, so shout out to... And I'll remove the little banner so you'll see it. TheRadioShed.com And as we put Pete in jail. And by now, everybody knows that he's dying to get out of jail. Um, everybody knows that the radiators that Russ has on offer. Uh, you, you go uh, talk to Russ. He will give you a discount as well. Tell him we we, we, we sent him your uh, his sent you his way. And uh, if you need to get them installed, go talk to Russ as well because he has a company called Installworks, and he will sort that out for you. No bother at all. Also, a shout out to. 
H2O Bathroom Design Co., the Northeast's largest supplier of Vilcar and Bosch bathroomware. Team Valley Gateshead, over 20 years established, ran by the family. Get down to the showroom on 11th Avenue, Team Valley Estate in Gateshead. And yeah, you know that you know the story at this stage. Uh, great bathrooms. Uh, here, uh, so yeah, you need to go down to the showroom and check what check what's on, on offer. I'm sure there's there's, there's uh, even uh, more stock in, in place uh, uh, in with uh, H2O Bathroom Design Co. and all the present. So check out the latest and greatest, and talk to Martin there. Martin will sort you out with, with, with that one, or, or go to Rose and, and he'll he'll direct you uh, towards H2O Bathroom. That is it for the sponsors, Richie. Um, I know we're, we will have shows. We'll have an away days. We may have a loaded mag coming up as well. Martin is just confirming everything's okay with that one. And uh, we'll be back with a reaction show next week. And who knows what else might pop up along the way. I think uh, the first thing we'll do is to, to, to cheer up uh, three wins out of three, nine points out of nine is, is first of all, Thanks to everyone who's been watching us on this, as I said earlier on this uh, on this Saturday night. Uh, 249 still watching in the chat. 168 likes. Let's see if we can get as much likes as we have we've had viewers. It'll be fantastic. Uh, you know, we've had 10 extra subscriptions during the show. We always appreciate that. Uh, see if we can get a few more. You know, it, it, it does help us uh, get up the algorithms. The more likes we get, um, so people can see, you know, the fantastic... Uh, Content we put out there for you, you know, we are trying to get on that push towards uh, six thousand, which got up. Oh, well, that's even yeah, we were one hundred and sixty-eight when I looked last, so that's uh, it's good to know on that. But uh, also help us get on that push to uh, to six thousand subscribers as well. Uh, I think we're on. Was it five two six before the start of the show? So obviously, you know, if, if you've enjoyed the show, you obviously enjoy the cut we put on there. Uh, just give us to subscribe. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, and obviously you'll get notified uh, half an hour before any time any, we've got a show released, then you can join us live or catch you uh, back at your leisure. Uh, lads, fantastic uh, week. We probably couldn't have dreamt we'd have got nine points out of nine when we did the, the show the other week, but, you know, this Newcastle United, you know, the, the, the surprise for everything nowadays. Good performances where, you you know, you, you go to West Ham and score five, you play Man United off the park and you still get three points when you play shit at Brentford. But look, yeah, Pete's right. Love for this club. Daz does as well. Pete does. We all yeah, do. We but all look, do. do you think we should, Daz, do you think we should play out with Isak tonight? Because obviously it was his goal that. Yeah, go for it. Hit it, Richie. Yeah. Hit it. Right. Good night, everyone. So, thank you very much, everyone. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you during the week. Good night. Later. <laughs>